0: Blog Talk Radio
1: in a humid, rainy Los Angeles, California, at least Los Angeles for me, and this is the Ruckus Podcast brought to you by the Bad Culture Radio Network. I'm your host, Deandra LaBeouf, creator of BadCulture.net, joined by Ryan Bibbins, creator of Sweet Boxing Rankings. This is Sweet Boxing. You know him. Mr. Pro Boxer, you know him. You fight with him. You love him, but you always keep him around. Got a full show again to talk about tonight. We'll recap the weekend's cards, of course, Premier Boxing Champions. On NBC, we'll talk about the Miguel Cotto, Daniel Gill, quote-unquote middleweight title fight that happened uh, Saturday night at Madison's in the uh, Barclays Center. We'll also be joined by guests, the uh, three former three-division world champion, BKB lightweight champion, Layla McCarter. We'll also be joined by IBA-UBF super bantamweight champion, Shelly Vincent. You know, women's boxing, women compete just as hard as men. Give them an the equal opportunity. Probably the only sport today where women are treated as equals is tennis. Shout-out to Serena Williams for picking up another Grand Slam win this past weekend. And whatever tickles our fancy. Read an article about a racially motivated disrespect in Philly with regards to b so I'm interested in talking about that. We'll talk about the uh, Bundridge Charlo fight that's now off because bunger got a cut, a cut over the eyebrow. The uh, – possibility of a fight between Danny Garcia and Paulie Malignaggi. Fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? And, you know, whatever tickles our fancy. If you want to call in and talk to me and Ryan, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. The question of the night is, what is more meaningful to the sport, fighters getting big paydays or fighters fighting in full arenas? I went to this weekend's PBC card here in California. Robert the Ghost Guerrero picked up one million dollars for that fight against Aaron martinez and i think i've had more family at a family reunion in my backyard than what was in the subhub arena never been to the hub arena that's well maybe once maybe when tim bradley fought ruslan provodnikov after that pacquiao victory and it still was more people in there but at any rate that's the question of the night what is more meaningful to a sport fighters fighting in front of a full arena or fighters getting full paydays i guess this just depends on your view of the bridge with that, let me bring in my co-host, Ryan Bivens. How are you doing, Ryan?
2: I'm doing pretty good.
1: I'll, I'll start with you with the question of the night. Once again, if you want to call in, we would love for you to get your feedback. The call in number is 718-508-9852. As I just mentioned, I went to the Robert Guerrero. And we'll we'll start with the PBC card. It'll be a good segue. I went to the card this weekend, PBC on NBC, another edition of Premier Boxing Champions. Robert, headlined by Robert Guerrero, fighting against Aaron Martinez, making his first trip back to the ring since uh, losing by unanimous decision to Keith Thurman in March. Fighting against Aaron Martinez, fighting against a journeyman who troubled him more than it appeared Keith Thurman did and uh, Yoshihiro guy. Kind of so, a little bit more of a challenge. Dominic Brazil, former Olympian, 2012 Olympian. Dominic Brazil also on the card, looking a flabby mess, like he hasn't trained at all since his past. <laughs> On the Thurman card, I think was the last time he fought. Nobody in this arena in the middle of the day on a Saturday. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. What is more? What would be more meaningful to you, honestly, Ryan? At this point in your, if you were at Robert Guerrero's point in his career, a full arena, a fat paycheck.
2: Um, Guerrero, I would say a fat paycheck because he's on his way out. I mean, the guys, what, what, the world champion at uh, featherweight, uh, super featherweight, lightweight, and uh, welterweight. So, uh, I mean, well, he's not, he doesn't have much left to prove. Um, he's, he, he's just going off his name at this point. Uh, I don't think, he, he don't care about Son Just you know, just give him some money and, uh, he's ready to retire in a couple of years, most likely. Because he, he damn sure not looking like a, a fighter that's um, very credible anymore. Like, there, there probably would have been 20 welterweights that would have beat him, you know, that night. And uh, he's just kind of been on a, a downward spiral ever since he uh, had that fight with Floyd. Like, a lot of people, you know, after you have that neighborhood of fight, you know, that's the pinnacle of your career. You know, it's the most money you're ever going to make. And, you know, you just can't really get up for fights after that. You know, I mean, uh-huh. these people have been fighting all their lives in, in many cases, you know, since they was little boys. You know, they, you know, they got to the top of the sport, they lost, you know, whatever. Um, can everybody be, you know, you know, number one in the world? So uh, from there, you know, where did they go? Um, they know that it's like a, a reality check, you know, they you're just not that good. And, you know, after dedicating your whole life to something, only to find out that, you know, you, you really don't belong at the top, you know what's what's to keep you from 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 competing at a level like that? You know much longer. So that's why you know see a lot of these guys. You know they just start falling off. Like uh, let's see who who's some good examples. Um, Marcos Maidana. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll have to see him on him because he hasn't fought again since he fought Mayweather. But um, he he'll probably be on the slide too. I mean, there was Ricky Hatton, uh, Shane Shane Mosley, uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Um uh, Goyo Vargas. uh Actually, I think I posted something but on Twitter about the guys you mentioned.
1: Hoya What were their ages when they started to make this serious slide? Robert Guerrero is only thirty-two years old.
2: Yeah, some of them were young. Some, some were older. Like Delahoya, honestly, wasn't that old. <laughs> um, let's see. What, what did I post? couple of days here we go. Yeah, I said uh, Gregorio Vargas, uh, Philip Mendel, Arturo Gotti, Sean Bay Mitchell, Carlos uh, La Hoya, Ricky Hatton, Shane Mosley, Victor Ortiz and now Robert Guerrero. All all guys that pretty much should have retired after they fought Floyd because when they got back in the ring afterwards, you know, just it was just at just not, not nearly at the same level. And um if they stuck around for more than one fight it only got worse.
1: Okay, so let me move it back to something you just said. Right now he's fighting just on the strength of his name. Looking at that arena, there's no strength of name either. I mean, let's get serious. I'm sure I I was at the fight, so I don't know what the at-home broadcast looked like. I think I took a few panoramic shots and I put them on Twitter. There was nobody there. When Robert Guerrero, I mean, I'm sure more people showed up for a Jesus Cuellar, Vic Darchanian assassination than what was there for Robert Guerrero, and that was the headline fight. When Dominic Grazell fought, it was so eerie going to a fight in the middle of the day, but that matters not because if it's a fighter people really want to see, they're going to turn out. Robert Guerrero is Mexican fighting in Los Angeles. He trains in Northern California, so it's fair to say that he should have a decent fan base living down in Southern California, or at least family members who would have made the drive down from Gilroy You know, at any given time as media, we get 337 press releases about all this charitable and humane stuff that he's doing. None of those people wanted to come out and represent and see him on national TV, on regular network TV, fighting as Aaron Martinez. So how much strength of his name does he really have left? I mean, the CrossFit people couldn't come out. Reebok couldn't send some seat fillers. I mean, somebody
2: Uh, you know, I think he must have worked out a deal like you know maybe several years ago where his like you know paychecks were guaranteed <laughs> or something because yeah, he's definitely not earning it based on uh, amount of people that watch him fight. Uh, that that's not it. Um, but they, they did they used him to build Thurman's career, so I can understand the payment there. You know, because you know Guerrero has a resume, you know credentials. So, you know that that that's good for a young fighter like Thurman to have. Um, with Martinez, Martinez was Martinez was supposed to be uh, you know a, a stay busy fight, I guess. Uh, so they can feed Robert Guerrero to somebody else. You know, you know, repeat the process.
1: I don't know. I just think it's utterly ridiculous. Robert Guerrero got a million for that fight. I think his competitor got. 75k. Hell, Alfredo Angulo made more than Jesus Cuellar, who was the real star of that card. Who was really should, the strength of that car should have been based on him. I think I think Angulo got 110, and then everybody else got somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 75. Craziness! A million dollars for the go. Yeah, well, you know that's, we,
2: that's, that's, that's the division, the multi-weight division, crazy. it's the glamour division.
1: Crazy talk. So, for you who is watching the broadcast from home, did they have any actual endorsements or sponsors or commercials during this broadcast, or did we see more, hi, I'm J Lebeau. I like to uh, <laughs> Watch me
3: on I'm, TV. I, I, think, I think I
2: remember seeing commercials, but I honestly, you know, I, I look away. You know, when the fight goes off air, you know, I, I'm doing, like, a lot of things at once, so I don't pay all attention to that stuff. Like, I don't really even pay attention to the announcers when they talk. Because I know they don't know what they're talking about or I know more than them so you know a lot of a lot of talking that isn't boxing I just you know it goes one in there goes in one area and out the other with me so I can't really comment on that kind of ignore it but um overall I, I didn't I didn't get a uh you know an annoying sense from from what I was looking at like nothing nothing was getting on my nerves Mhm Well
1: okay well then let's talk about the merits of the fight it's uh, so Gre- Robert the Ghost Nearly got beat in the fight. Yeah. If Aaron Martinez <laughs> could have got it together a little bit better, got knocked down in the fourth and barely got saved by the bell. Million dollars yeah, for
2: this
1: at... fight. It's clear they're going to keep matching him in these type of fights. I mean,
2: I don't think so. What, like what, I think what, what, his, his, what his next fight will be like more higher profile. Like I'm thinking either he uh, Jose Lopez or um. Easy. And I, ultimately, I think like the end game for Guerrero is uh. Errol Spence, like, mm. when Errol Spence is, uh, comes uh ready for that fight, and, and once he whoops his ass, that's pretty much the end of Robert Guerrero.
1: Let's see, who gets the ghost next? The um, Riverside Rocky. The Riverside Rocky was there. I think his hand was in a cast. If I remember correctly, I saw some pictures floating around. So he won't be fighting any time. So he'll to Lopez and ultimately Errol Spence. Errol Spence, I want them to put Errol Spence in a good fight. That's a talented kid. Well, his next
2: fight is a step up. He's fighting uh, uh, Robert Garcia or Roberto Garcia. Mm -hmm. That's definitely, you know, much better than anybody's fought so far. So if if he looks good there, then I think the next step is a Robert Guerrero because Guerrero just not not looking good at all these days. So would you dare to say he's starting to slip
1: into gatekeeper status or is he a real still, a formidable threat? (laughs)
2: Like um, him versus Alfonso Gomez would be a, a good test. You know, whoever wins that is, is is you know the number one gatekeeper in the welterweight division.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alfonso Gomez versus
2: Wow!
1: Yes, indeed, and he'll probably get a million for that fight too. Once again, <laughs> you are listening to the Ruckus Podcast. A call the number seven one eight five zero eight nine eight five two. Give us a call. Let us know if you watch this weekend's CBC cards and what uh what you thought about it. Let's shift over to Dominic Brazil real quick. Not much to talk about there. Again, losing the fight. Heyman fighters. Man, I don't think Dominic Brazil's a Heyman. Well maybe he is. Anyway, Dominic Brazil is losing the fight in the first round. And on comes uh here he comes in the second round, scores a knockdown, scores two knockdowns in round two to pull out the TKO victory. Dominic Brazil just looking like he didn't look at a treadmill not a weight machine, not a strength and conditioning coach, not a salad, <laughs> nothing since his last fight. You know, is what, what is Dominic's real purpose in the heavyweight division? Because he's not moving along at the pace of some of the other younger heavyweight prospects. Where do you place him among prospects? Because he's nowhere fringing the top 10 or 20, I'd say. At this point uh, in his
2: career, based you know, on what we've seen, um, I just I don't know what he's doing. The dude, you know, he turned pro two thousand twelve. He was you know two hundred forty eight pounds, and he just keeps gaining weight. I don't get it. Yep. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? He's only twenty nine. I mean, he shouldn't be gaining weight at this point in his career. I can see if he was, you know, late 30s, you know, you know, you know, your body, you know, just naturally picks up that extra weight. But now, no, he he got no business to be getting fatter. You know, he's supposed to be, you know, proving himself, stepping up, you know, fighting some better fighters, he did fight a better fighter. This guy was 17, no, he could box. Honestly, I thought he was winning every round until, you know, he got, you know, clipped, and those punches that caused him to go down were illegal. But you know, that's boxing. That's why it's Mm -hmm. dangerous to duck duck underneath punches because if you duck and you get hit in the back of the head, you know, more often than not, the referee is is not going to, uh, you know, uh, look out for you. He's just going to call a knockdown and uh, not give you any extra time to recover.
1: I'm looking at the top 25 in the heavyweight division, and at this point I don't think he beat anybody in the top 25. Nah. Let's see. What about the top 30? No. Uh, top twenty five uh, top twenty eight, nope. Maybe he can eke in somebody within the top thirty. Well I don't I think, know.
2: You know, looking at his conditioning, um he should find a guy like Chris Ariola at some point I'd say next Chris year. Chris
1: would knock him out. I yeah, I'm convinced Ariola would knock but, him
2: out. Um, but he is six foot seven. So that just in he itself he just doesn't look like know, he has difficult any punches, you know.
1: Even an out of shape Ariola has pop on his punches, and look, we, look, we looking at the way Areola Dominic Brazel moved around fight. the ring like he has cement in his shoes, he ain't getting out of the way as an Ariola freight train. And the last time I saw <laughs> Ariola, when I last saw Ariola, not Ariola's last fight that was on PVC on Spike, but Ariola at a fight, he was in better. Ariola was in better shape after after his fight than he was for his fight. And so based on that version of Ariola in the ring again. Dominic Brazil, Ariella knocks him out. That would just be a feeding frenzy. What other heavyweight does Al Heyman have?
2: Uh, He's got that uh, Polish heavyweight, Arthur Spilka. Spilka knocks him out easily.
1: (laughs) Spilka knocks him out. Spilka's fighting on the undercard of Ariella's landing law, right? He's got got Steve
2: Cunningham now. He's got Steve Cunningham. Steve Cunningham knocks him out. Well, Steve Cunningham, he doesn't really knock people out. So I think he just wants a decision. Steve Cunningham um, would knock knock him out. <laughs> He's six foot seven, two hundred sixty pounds. That don't Steve mean Cunningham shit. Is, is a blown up cruiserweight who, who wasn't even Steve a big Cunningham carter. dropped
1: Tyson Fury. He didn't win that did, fight, but he dropped he Tyson, drop Tyson Fury. Fury. If he can drop Tyson Fury. He can drop Dominic Brazil.
2: Okay, he could drop him. I just don't think he stops him. I mean, I'm saying that as like the biggest Steve Cunningham fan ever. You know, I've never actually scored him uh, losing a fight. You never will. You never will. <laughs> We we
1: accept that here. We accept their strong Philly bias. We are fully aware of it, and we accept it. If there was a big contingency of fighters from Englewood, I probably would be the same way.
3: we
2: so, like Tyrone um,
1: Johnson. Nah, Tyrone winning that fight.
2: Mm-mm. <laughs> you know, but Let's see. who else? Who else? Um, oh, Antonio Tarver. Eh.
1: Antonio Tarver should fight Shannon Briggs, but that's a show for another day. <laughs> Yep. Let's, so we got hear, Briggs, hear, uh, we, got and, um, we got Cunningham, we've got Ariola. Um, what about uh what's your what's the one kid name, the other one you don't claim? Malik Scott.
2: Oh, he's not with Heyman though.
1: That's all right, he's available.
2: <laughs> yeah, he is, but you know, that that that's problems that um what's the name don't want at all. Like Brazil, he wouldn't have a a snowball chance against him. Nope. None. So, I mean, and that's
1: that's what we had. That's what we had on network TV. How about uh, who's – who's uh, what's the kid Deontay Wilder is fighting?
2: Oh, Eric Molina. Eric
1: Molina. Maybe they'll give Eric Molina to Dominic Brazil after Wilder knocks yeah. him
2: out. Yeah, why not? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, he's available too. Why not? Why not indeed? No, they'll probably resurrect um, – Who's the heavyweight they keep pulling out for people to fight that has no business fighting anymore?
2: Um, I'm oh, don't you. don't say it. Don't say, don't say Sergei Lyakovich. Please. There you go.
1: That's 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 who they need to get for uh, <laughs> Day Dominic Brazil
2: because they always Day.
1: put him on those cards in Indio. He's available. You know, everybody runs through him. Why not Sergei Lyakhovich? That that's that's a good fight for Dominic Brazil if he can get past him. He's in there.
2: You know, honestly, he he impressed me in this last fight with uh, Andy Ruiz. Like, he did much better than I thought he would. Like, much more. I thought Ruiz was just going to, like, you know, like, dominate him, knock him out. Ruiz went 10 rounds with this guy and struggled badly. Like, the scorecards say it was a wide fight, at least two of them, but one of them was 96-94, and that that was, you know, more like the fight actually was. Ruiz was busted up, and he hasn't fought since then. I think, what, he's in fat camp right now before they let him fight again? Mm-hmm. Fat
1: camp. This one time at Fat Camp.
2: <laughs> but, Yo, the, okay. That's the state of the heavyweight division, though. Like, a lot of these is just fat. really fat. Like, really, really well, let fat. Me, well,
1: let me riddle, riddle me this then, Ryan. You know, you, you are well known for saying that this is the weakest middleweight division since the 1800s. What's weaker, the heavyweight division or the middleweight
2: division? Oh, that is. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um,. I'm going to say the middleweight division, uh, even still, because I like, I like the top of the heavyweight division a lot more. But, yeah, like, you know, the, the overall spectrum, yeah, it's probably just as bad. But, like, middleweight has, like, triple G. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's, like, the only guy in the division who I would say, you know, could have been a world champion and um you know, multiple errors. I don't think the rest of them could be. Like, in a good era, I don't see any of those other guys being middleweight champion today. But triple G, I, I could see them. Now you look at the heavyweight division, guys like, you know, Klitschko obviously, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, Pavekin, um, Tyson Fury, um, you know, maybe Deontay Wilder one day. Um, you know, these guys, you know, they look promising. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I'd I'd still say that the heavyweight division is better right now. 'Cause you know, the, I like I like the top guys more. I like I'd the middleweight I, I just I just like Triple G. Brace yourself for this one.
1: So while you're discussing this, you know, the current cream, sorry, folks, we're going off on a tangent. We'll circle back to PBC if you want to talk to us, 718 508 While you're discussing the heavyweight division, I looked at the rankings. Do you know the WBA has Shannon Briggs ranked ahead of Brian Jennings?
2: Well, you know, Please, that's... Let me tweet that. That's let me tweet that.
1: <laughs> oh, my. Go ahead. Go ahead. Postulate on it, brother. Postulate.
2: Um, look, Shannon Briggs has, like, some version of a WBA belt, so that, like, automatically ranks them higher. And, you know, um, Jenny's just fought for uh, a title in a different organization, and um that kinda automatically drops them. You know, that's just how the, the politics work. I mean if you asked a WBA spokesperson if if they thought Brian Jennings was a better fighter or you know, was or, or if you asked them if Shannon Briggs was a better fighter than Brian Jennings, I'm sure they would say no. But, mm-hmm. you know, the ratings are just, you know, done a, a certain way. They, they they're we know not got, they, and we
1: know I got nothing but love for Shannon Briggs. Shannon Briggs entertains me tremendously. But Really? We going Jen- to put Shannon Briggs ahead of Brian Jennings? Even though Brian Jennings lost to Klitschko, let's look at Brian Jennings' current resume. Just because you fight a whole bunch of times doesn't mean you're, you're better. Wow. That's like, oh, man. That's like me, you know, when I was running every day. Just because I'm running every day don't mean I'm in better shape than you are. You run, too. You do road right. work, but I was running like every single day. That don't mean I'm in better shape than you just because I was running more often.
0: Yeah. Wow,
1: that's the that's some dumb shit right there. <laughs> that's some dumb that's, shit. I, I that's, just that's, I don't that's, even that's, know that's, how you know, else to say that it. That's real dumb shit, air. But the W A doesn't care. D recognize hashtags. D recognize the W B A. That is all right. Well, anyway. The Ruckus Podcast, Giandra LaBeouf, Ryan Bibbins, 718-508-9852. The real fight on the card, as we predicted it, Jesus Coyar made absolute mincemeat out of Vic Darchanian, as we knew he would.
2: But after he had some difficulty. Vic, old man Vic, 39 years old, was in that fight. Like, I thought he was winning, honestly, for like six rounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one punch and boom. You know, that was... (laughs) Vic was done. <laughs> a man, shame, man, that
1: was an ugly KO, too. Talking. Cr- okay, so, Ryan, you know, this is something else you question. You always say you can't really rate a knockout of the year if one of the competitors wasn't a real dog in the fight. Would you? Right. This, since you since you just said Darchinia was in the fight, winning the fight when the Cuellar knockout came, yeah, yeah
2: he that's considered true. among
1: the knockout of the year.
2: But hey, the thing for me is, um, Darchinian's Punch resistance just isn't there anymore.
3: Uh-huh. And, I mean,
2: he he was supposed to get, you know, knocked out. It just, you know, it took longer than expected.
3: Maybe I, I, didn't think the knock, I didn't think
2: the knockout was that great. What, what Wasn't it like a TKO anyways? He was stopped on his feet during a combination. I mean, I know he, he got dropped, but he got back up and he started fighting again. And then, you know, the referee stopped it midway, right?
1: We fall down, but we get up. I gotta add that to the soundboard. He got up and he got up and he lost. So, you know, hey, so that about wraps it up for me. Angulo,
2: man, rest of the card. Yo, Angulo was losing, was lost the first round of that fight and was struggling in like another couple rounds. I couldn't believe it. The dude he was fighting was a straight journeyman, a straight journeyman, like not even like a good journeyman, just just a run-of-the-mill journeyman. And Angulo was was getting outboxed. I was like, wow, yo, this more than anything should tell you that you need to retire. <laughs> this is no way in the world this guy would have hung with you back in the day. No way in the world. This was a fight where if Angulo was in his prime, if, if the fight lasted longer than 60 seconds, people would have said, yo, man, what the fuck is up with that Alfredo? Did, did he get some ass last night? What's up? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, and I I got, again, another fighter that I have absolute nothing but love for, Alfredo Angulo. You know, when he was making his comeback, I was, you know, beating beating the the drum for El Perro. But, ooh, that sounded real gringo. I was beating the drum for (laughs) Angulo, and it's a wrap. I'm I'm good. I'm good on seeing him in the ring anymore. You know, I realize the brother got bills to pay, but I'm good. Por favor, no necesito leer el perro en la pelea. La pelea. En la pla- en la pelea. I don't want to see a Angulo in any more fights. I'm good. So that was my bilingual portion of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I got to work on my they, accent and my diction.
2: They should have called this broadcast uh, retired boxing champions rather than premier. Has
1: been boxing champions. <laughs>
2: because, I mean, Vic Darchanian washed up. Robert Guerrero, you know, looks washed up. Uh, Alfredo Angulo, washed up. Here, uh, bullshit Chris, competitors. Chris, Cristobal Cruz, you know, who that's who Alejandro Luna fought. He's washed up, but he looked honestly. He looked, you know, you know, physically, he actually looked pretty good for an old man. He's uh, thirty-eight years old, and he only looked like he was in his early thirties. That's unusual for a fighter. Good jeans. But, yeah, a bunch of washed-up guys, and then they they all made TV for some reason. That fight was absolute trash. It was
1: trash. The card was trash, except for um, Cuellar. Cuellar was the only car- fighter I was interested in seeing on that card, which brings me back to the whole putting um, uh, Keith Thurman on the ESPN card. Thurman is your guy, who you pretty much hang in the franchise on. You know, Thurman, Spence. These are like the guys that you are hanging the franchise on. Put Thurman on the Saturday afternoon card and let folks see him. And you put Guerrero on the spike on a spike card. You know, at least Guerrero will bring an interesting fight. Even if Guerrero's losing the fight, the fight will look good to the casual eye because it'll have a lot of action. You know, if you hang, you put the cute guy. Put the hot guy on the middle of the day broadcast and then, uh, you know, switch it up. But that uh, that's about it for this installment of PBC. When is the next installment of this pure boxing um, cock show? When is the next installment right.
2: of it? PBC? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really care. Uh, I know there's that uh, Adrian Broner and uh, ah, yes. uh, Sean Porter fight, but I'm not sure if there's something before that. Yeah, that's man.
1: I don't know. Broner gets lazy. Broner want to sit in the pocket and counter. John Porter. I think goes, that's gonna be a good brother. fight.
2: Like I'm, I'm looking forward to that fight. I think it's gonna, gonna mess Americana's plans up somehow, some way.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: I agree. <laughs> because I was that, going to try, try to make a run works. up to
1: Oakland for the Andre Ward fight, but I don't think I don't think I'm gonna make it. I don't think I'm gonna make it. I do want to make it. I do want to go to the fight, but I don't think I'm going to make it. But at well, any rate, you know, be for that easy. for now as we wait, wait for our next guest to come in. In just a moment, we will be joined by our first guest of the evening. We have Layla McCarter first, correct? No, we
2: have Shelly um, Vincent. Vincent
1: first. Yep. Uh, we have Shelly Vincent first, who will be calling in and joining us shortly. If you'd like to uh, post some questions for us, and you should – uh, tweet me or tweet Ryan, and I think we have her on the line right now. So let's bring her on. Good evening. Thank you for joining the Ruckus Crew. Is it Shelley?
0: Yeah. How you doing? Thank you for having me. Hey. Thank hey you Shelley,
1: for joining Thanks this. for coming on. If you're just now listening to us, we are joined by IBF, UBF super bantamweight champion uh, Shelley Vincent, who is joining us to talk to us about her current developments. What's going on in the sport? Just her bird's eye view as a worthy, strong women's competitor. And if there's the opportunity for women to get a little bit more shine, since we have all these multiple platforms, TV platforms, filled with boxing, can can women's boxing get a little love on network TV since it is available? Thanks again for joining us, Shelly. I'm going to hand it over to uh, Ryan to kick it off, and I'll be jumping in and asking you some
2: questions as well. All okay. right. All right, Shelly. You know how's it going? Um, you coming off a uh, title defense against Christina Reeves and uh, April? You know what you've been doing since then?
4: Huh?
2: Hmm? Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I couldn't hear you either.
0: Oh, that, uh, oh, tough I said. Double win against Christina Reeves.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, you coming off a title defense against her, and uh, that was in April. So you know, what's what's been up since then?
0: Um, you know, I, I um, I I did I I went over to Germany with KO for her to fight Hammer, and then um, got back. I'm in the gym, just kind of like you know, just trying to stay in shape and everything. But uh, we're actually waiting on uh CES for negotiations and everything because um I'm actually out of contract next month, so so we're just waiting on them to negotiate what's 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 gonna happen and everything.
2: Oh, do do you think you'll stay with them?
0: Um, you know, I'd rather not talk about that right now. Um, we, we, like I said, we're waiting to sit down and talk to them, and then, you know, we're going to see what's going on, my manager and myself. So, you know, we, we, I guess we, we don't know anything until we start, sit down and start talking. Who's your manager? Um, Mike Crisio.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, let's talk about the landscape of the uh, Super weight division. Um, who are some of the fighters out there that you've been trying to get in the ring um, and uh, have been un- unsuccessful in doing so?
0: I mean, at, at one time, the uh, the last fight that uh, we tried to get, in, they said no. Then, uh, you know, the the one that I've really been trying to get, and uh, she just really don't want it And I mean, we could really clear it up. Um, Heather Hardy, she's like, like lukewarm. I don't know why they call her the Heat, but you know, <laughs> she, she she can't fight. You know what I'm saying? She she always and when she does fight, she fights these little girls, the little girls beat up on her. I mean, I fought Jackie Trevolino. You see my face. I got the win. I mean that was a great fight. We got like fight of the year a couple places. I think uh, run her up for round of the year for the round ten I mean, me and I was back and forth with the war. We saw what she did to Heather. Heather's eye was you know, you know, she was uh she she took a beating, you know what I'm saying? And then so I tried to get her in the ring. I went to the I went to a first fight, called her I didn't know it was gonna be, um on television and all that, but we, I called her out because they, they were trying to get to fight with her when I was like 3-0, and I think, From, since I was 3-0, and she kept saying no, she kept saying no, I, it would have been a good fight, now it's even a better fight, so I'm glad that she didn't take it then, because, you know, she sells a lot of tickets, I sell out venues myself, so it's like, it, it makes sense to make the fight, we offered that girl, and I'm not even bullshitting, 12K, it started at 8, the negotiations went up to 12 now, they would have paid it twelve because you make the money back. I, to tell you the truth, I don't think there's a bigger fight in the U.S. money-making-wise than me and Heather right now, the way me and her sell. So she runs her mouth, and she's she's always, oh, yeah, I'll fight you in my back, you and, uh, you know, and so, but I asked for the fight at the Barkley. I have it on video, and I posted it online. If our team's saying no, that, uh, that's their ticket seller, so why would they put her in there with me? So, and we have that on record. You know, so she talks a lot, but she don't want it. And I think everybody knows that. And anybody that has eyes and that knows boxing knows that I'm a real fighter and that girl can't fight.
2: <laughs> you know, what, what? what's nice about her situation, though, is because she's with Lou Debella and Debella is kind of like the front promoter for Al she's Heyman. She's with Al saying. Heyman now. Right. But, yeah, well, I don't think she's technically signed because um, – Otherwise, you know, why why is she on TV? I just know she's been with Debella and Debella, you know, kinda of works without him. But mm-hmm. she's she's getting on these cards. And right. I guess they're waiting for an opponent that's good enough that they can, you know, actually put it on T V and you would you know, make sense to me. Like right? that yeah, yeah, that I that, mean, that that's the mean, PBC fight.
0: If I'm number one and she's number two, I'm fourteen and all and she's what, thirteen and old, fourteen and old now too, maybe? She's thirteen and old or fourteen and 0. It's like why wouldn't it be me? And if I got the number one spot, why wouldn't you want to come to me? And then, you know, so it just it, it doesn't make any sense to me, especially the revenue that it will bring in, you know?
2: Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, she, she should want to get on live television too. Um, yeah uh the state of women's boxing at the moment like i think only i saw one female fighter get a live broadcast in english it was uh, amanda serrano it, it was on CBS yeah. sports network that's the only time this year and what,
0: well deserved too amanda serrano she's a beast you know what i'm saying she got the knockout power with exciting that hope people want to see you know what i'm saying but and, and that's great and i think she has another televised bout coming up in uh, i want to say june or july too so, I mean that's a good look. And then they have a. Uh, it's being talked about. There's going to be a lot of women's boxing on television. So, I mean, and 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 as much as she's saying, oh yeah, yeah, she want to fight me, whatever. I mean, I think it's real. It's a lot closer than what she thinks it is. And she's gonna have to. She's gonna have to take this beating soon. Who?
2: Heather. Oh, oh, Heather. Okay. All, All right. right. Thanks. Um. You know, uh, some women have been so frustrated in, in getting fights, they're like venturing off into different sports. And the hooligan, also super bantamweight champion, you know, she's she's doing MMA on the side. Um, she might be full time uh, at this point. I'm not even sure.
0: No, she she uh, actually, I think she just bought, and she's uh she's she's back in the boxing a little bit. I mean, I'm sure she's gonna go back over there too. But I mean, it is unfortunate, and all the girls are going to all these other outlets, and it's and it's crazy because we have the talent and everything
2: yeah like um um who else um Ava Knight yeah I heard she's uh doing WWE now
0: yeah <laughs> I, I can't wait to see that though <laughs>
2: yeah I'm looking forward to that too right.
0: Yeah. you know but and you know kalisa she was doing all the other um reality television you know it's uh it's it's that because we, we do have the talent and you know I, I think Layla and uh and Przygack, they just did the the bare knuckle boxing, right? Right,
2: right. The BKB, yeah, that's yep, that, yep. that's pretty. What, would you be interested in doing any BKB fights?
0: I mean, yeah, I would if the if 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 the opportunity makes sense. You know what I'm saying? If I have enough time to get ready, and you know, if we're gonna have the television, the money's right. I don't gotta pay eighteen thousand people because you know you you know what I'm saying?
2: Right. So. Yeah, but I do think they pay well, actually. And um, yeah. it, it's, it's pay per view, so it's, it's televised. Oh,
0: yeah. well, they even put the women on, too. I thought they did. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: well, yeah. I, Layla McCarter's the bout was
1: the fight of the card, and it was broadcast, and definitely the most exciting. And the viewers who are watching that platform just seem more receptive to seeing women's boxing because that was a great, great fight. Great, great fight. Yeah. So, no, with the strength amazing. of her performing so well, I definitely could see more in that uh, happening with uh women's boxing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's all we ever needed was to be seen on television. And uh but but it has to be good fights because it's like when they do put the cards on before they, they pick like these pretty girls they really can't fight, you know, and it's just <laughs> like people people don't want to see that. You know what I'm saying? Just like they told me, they was like, Shelly, you're not gonna be marketable, you're a dyke. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Never. I, I, they just did a um, magazine article on it, and I broke every single boundary that they said. And the crazy part is, you have the girls that come out because I'm cute and they like me, and then you have the guys that come out that because I can fight. So now I'm bringing in, I'm bringing it in from both sides instead of one avenue. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, I'm selling out the arenas here by myself. Like by myself, they don't have enough tickets for me. So. And, and they said I wouldn't be able to do it because I don't have long hair. I'm not in the bikinis and and all that. And it was, it, it, I it completely, I completely shattered everything that they said.
2: Yeah, I mean that's you know it tells me that you know the culture is changing you know faster than the people that are you know running boxing. Mm-hmm. I think they're like from like an older generation while yeah we
0: know,
3: got all the
2: these kids you know you know you're younger more more hip to. Uh, you know, uh, uh, current culture,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, yeah, you know they should take notes from MMA because you know Ronda Rousey, you know she's doing great things there, and um,
0: um, she's a monster.
2: It's, it's it's about time boxing, you know, got some new blood. You know, just just you know try something new. Because for me, I I think it's you know it's a lot of you know old guys that are just kind of setting their ways. You know, you know they're making money. You know, they just don't want to take any risks. You know, until they retire, right. so it's probably gonna take like some somebody just starting out. You know, it was fresh, and uh, you know, it was, you know, just to just go-getter like that.
0: Right, and it's going to take a strong man that that's in the in the mainstream to to support us also, right? You
2: know, right.
0: That's that, that's what I think. You know, like uh, Shane Mosley for Kalisha on um, Andre Ward is always talking about Ava Knight, You know, and it's just, but it's like we got to find somebody on the network. Like maybe Al Heyman will put some girls on, and, and that could be a good look, but because he pretty much runs everything now. But will they do? And, and look at it, you guys go to these fights, right? Isn't the women's fights usually the most exciting fight of the night?
2: Yeah, yeah. often it is.
0: I mean, so, I mean, every time I fight, we steal the show and it's always back and forth, nonstop action. And I have people that follow me from everywhere. If they put me on anything, I, I, the, the people would would look. And and, and people would fall in love because even though I would come out in a mask, I come out in a straight jacket. It's just, its everything. It's the whole entertainment factor. It's not just a fight. You gotta have all the elements. You know? so, um, I'm even misunderstood for all that stuff too, with the mask and the street jacket. I wear the street jacket to symbolize the way women are tied down in sports, and me trying to break away from my demons from being abused and raped when I was 13. You know, and then I wear the mask because behind the mask, we're all—you know—all the—all with the mask on, we're all the same. With the mask off we're all different, you know what I'm saying? But we're all fighting a battle.
2: Right. You know, in, in men's boxing, you know, they, they made a big deal out of, um, you know, a man, you know, coming out, uh, you know, as an active fighter. Uh, what was his name? Orlando Cruz, you know, he had, had, you know, oh, documentaries yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything about it. It's like, it was such a big deal. But, you know, it's, it's for women, it's just like, you know, uh, they don't really, you know, care.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're not. They don't care. <laughs> Yeah, but at the end, it is different for the men, and it's, and, it, and it's sad, and that's why a lot of men have a hard time struggling with that also. So, you know. But, they they yeah, they really don't care because, you know, that's what – I don't know.
1: Perfect example. We were trying to coordinate tonight. We also wanted to have uh, the recent Olympic gold medalist, women's boxing gold medalist on, but she's competing. Um, she had a fight a, a couple nights ago, so she couldn't join us tonight. She's doing a recent campaign on GoFundMe. An Olympian, the only one to win a gold medal, she has no money to train. Every other yeah, Olympian I mean, in every other sport gets celebrated, gets endorsements, gets some type of assistance. She has nothing.
0: And, and they endorse and they endorsed Marlene, or whatever her name is, right? They, they, right? And and she she didn't even she didn't even win. Now, the, the, now that you said that, I'm actually when I seen that, you know, and I like Clarissa, I like her story, like everything about her. She's the I mean, she's the best. So I'm actually throwing a fundraiser down here. We're actually getting, we're sitting down with everybody and, and putting it together, and I'm gonna raise some money. And the money that we get, we're actually gonna send over to Clarissa. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's, that's
2: really that's good. That's really dope.
0: Yeah, I d- I, d- I do stuff like that like once a year. I uh I raise money for cancer. I Lost my mother to leukemia at uh at 36. She like she never got to see me fight or anything, but on her deathbed she made me promise that I would never. Boxing because she said that's what was going to save my life and, and get me out of the depression and everything. So every year I raise some money, um, usually on my birthday, on her birthday, and then I give the money to a cancer fund, or I raise money and I I give it to the kids. It's just like something I do. I, I I whenever whenever I fight, I walk out with like twenty kids. We we give them the the tickets to so this guy Ronnie, call it Campy's Corner. He donates the tickets. We bring the kids. The kids walk me out to the fight so that I remember what I came from, what I'm fighting for, and and all that, so I, I do a lot for the kids, and, like, that's, that's what means a lot to me for my mother and the kids, so I said, let me let me switch it up, and we're we going to help out, she, she deserves it, and that's the one that should be in everything.
1: That's really Agreed. good. Whenever, when you get it all coordinated, please send it to us so we can tweet about it, you know, put it out there in social, so people are aware and can support the event and support you, and... You know all the great things that you're doing that people don't even realize in the midst of, you know, battling with your own demons, promoting your own career, and all the other things that you have going on in your life surrounding the sport and outside the sport.
0: Yeah, I sure will. You know.
1: So with these new lands, you know, from your from your 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 vantage point. Which platform did you, do you think would be most receptive to putting women's fights on? You know, we have this, uh, the Heather Hardy thing with Lou DeBella, PBC, et cetera. Uh, Sanita Estrada, who is a flyweight. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. She was just on yeah, the... Look, uh, were, those, were, those two belts, were those two
2: belts actually televised, though?
0: No. Because... They said that they were going to be streamed too, and there was no stream for either one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, still
2: still not getting on TV or or streaming. Um, they're on the card though. You know, you get, I mean, yeah,
0: I the mean, way and that's a good look because now now these people are getting a look at at the women. And uh, I heard Shanice, Shanice um put on a great show. I heard that the um, Vasquez and Hardy uh, was actually very exciting too, and that it was very close. But uh. Yeah, I mean we 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 need. I mean Amanda Serrano's doing it, and and whoever she um the what is it GH three that she's with. She uh no, is it not? Greg Cohen. Greg, Greg Cohen, Cohen right? Now they're, they're yeah. getting they're getting her they're getting her on uh television. That's what we need. We need more of that, and we need more fights like that. You know, great great fights with great fighters like that. Like I'd like to see uh Amanda and uh Layla. Uh huh. Uh hmm
2: mm-hmm. Um, before that, so, I'd, I'd like to see Ava her again. Ava and
0: Kalisha again, you know.
2: Man, they should a, probably he's... fight the the girl that Layla just fought though. Um, uh, well, Prasad, pre- pre- yeah, yeah, because they're they're both uh, super featherweights. Yeah,
0: that'd be amazing. That'd be an amazing fight too. You know, like we need those kind of fights on on television. You know. Yeah. I agree now, with who's you.
2: Gonna,
0: now who's gonna do it? That's the question.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so. who's
2: gonna do it? And it's like you like gotta uh, twist people's arms to uh, convince them to uh, put these fights on TV, cause from, from from a from a sheer entertainment perspective, there's like no debate, cause like eighty percent of the stuff that gets on TV is like trash, <laughs> like yeah. fighters oh, that, that, oh, yeah. that aren't that aren't very good, and you know just just like you know um, filler fights before the main event comes on, you know to give people time to you know kind of you know get you know, to the show or, you know, to their TVs and to watch the main event. Um, they just kinda you know, just just uh just just kinda, you know, just to build build up the build up the main event so to speak. And yeah. um they they're just generally not that good. Now I'm looking at, you know, the amount of money that these people make and if you paid women the same amount of money they would be, you know, more than happy to you know, some of the best women in the world would fight for that common the kind of money that the that, that, that guys that aren't very good make.
3: Yeah, So t- t-
2: to me, it's like a no-brainer to to to, to at least make them undercard fights because mm-hmm. the the undercards currently don't seem to be used for much. They're just like right. you know, just a waste of time most of the time. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm you know I continue to watch you. You know, the good thing about CES is um. They always put your fights on YouTube, and it's, you know, a great quality, so I, I can yep, always yep. see them later. And, uh, you know, that, that's how I, I watched your fight with, with Jackie Trevolino, which was the the best female fight in 2014, I thought. It was just mm-hmm. amazing. Um, great performance. And, you know, I just uh, wish you the best with your career. What I like about you, that I, I don't often see women's boxing, like, female fighters are great, but I don't see a lot of slickness in a lot of them. There's like you, there's Alicia Ashley, you know maybe a couple other ones, but I just I just don't see that kind of you know cute boxing, and it's it's yeah. really nice to see. You know you 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 rock back, you know you throw drop the right hand on people, you know you give them the shoulder, uh, you know you you, you uh, kind of slip under their shots. It's yep. uh it's uh you know
0: lots
3: of head movement and feet there. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Nice. real nice head movement. So you know keep doing what you're doing, and um. Uh, you know, when you uh, find out, you know, what's going on with your career, you know, I know you're uh, working on a new deal now because your, your contract is expiring with CES, you know, whether you stay or not. You know, whatever your next move is, you know, your next fight, you know, we'll have you back on.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for the time.
1: Anytime, anytime. You know, Ryan, as you know, is a huge supporter of women's boxing. And as a woman working in boxing media – which is still kind of a unicorn thing. We get. We, I have my own crosses to bear just being outside of the ring working in media. I'm happy to support women's boxing in any way or capacity.
0: Yeah, that's like another thing myself. I go out and I go support these little girls playing basketball, the women college basketball games. Like I go out, I try to support women's sports because we need to, you know what I'm saying, it has to be as a whole. You know, right? So it's not right. just boxing. I go out there and I, I'm trying to support all these girls so that we all all can get to where we need to be. It, especially if it, it might not happen for us, but for these kids at least, coming up behind us.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more, Michelle. Mm-hmm. It, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Please keep in touch. Please keep us informed on anything you're promoting, we, and so we can support you. All
0: right, thank you very much. Same same with you.
1: All right, take care. All right, have a good night.
0: All right, thank you, my man. Bye.
1: Great guest. See, that's what I'm talking about. You know, definitely has her own career aspirations and things that she's trying to accomplish, but at the same time is more focused on empowering women, women's sports, equality in sports. And I think that's what's missing from a lot of these other female athletes, if I can say that. Specifically with boxing, there's no cohesiveness, there's no unity, and there's always going to be more power in numbers. And so, you know, much kudos to Shelly Vincent. That's really, really dope.
2: Let's see. We got about another ten minutes before Layla comes on. So, yeah,
1: Layla. Hey, what else so-
2: the weekend? The, uh, we already talked about the PBC card. Man. Oh, and oh, I, I forgot. There, there's another PBC card this weekend. The, you know the um, the Arizona Lara Delphin Rodriguez card. See, I forgot Man. about the card because it's so bad. You know, it's just I'll, I'm not even sure we're going to preview that card because it's so trash. I mean, it's really, really bad. Um, it's
3: terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh,
1: well, here, let's talk about this. If we're going to talk about trash, let's talk about um, Pauly Malinaji. So Paulie Malinaji. Uh, we get word today. I don't think it's finalized yet, but you know they're talking about it in the social media that Pauly Malinaji might be the next opponent for Danny Garcia. Are you kidding me?
2: I, yeah, but I, this, this this was news back in 2014 though. This um they they said like his first fight at 147 would be Pauly Malinaji. It's just you know he he kept taking these catchweight fights and um I don't know people didn't know you know if he's gonna stay at junior welterweight or not. So this is it wasn't a surprise for me. It's just you know it, it is kind of a shit fight, uh, because at least back in 2014 when they were talking about Paul Paulie he was like at least coming off the, the Zab Judah win. You know, you know he still had some some steam behind him. He wasn't he wasn't you know getting steam steamrolled by Sean Porter and uh, and you know what's he done since then? Just kind Are they of retired. For
1: the Brooklyn
2: belt. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know and I don't care. Nope.
1: You know what's the most entertaining aspect of this fight, and it'll be t- and it'll be tempered down just because they're both Heyman guys. The most exciting part of this fight, if Paulie wasn't a Heyman fighter, would be the war of words between Angel Garcia and Paulie Malinagi. And we even get <laughs> robbed of that because he's a mm. Heyman guy and he still has to work on the broadcast desk. So we're getting dually robbed. That's not cool. At least let us get the the Angel Paulie gift of gab yap fest Italian. Italy versus Puerto Rico, Brooklyn versus Philly. We don't even get that. What a waste. What a waste of fight time. What a waste of a car. What a waste of a champion's time. Let Paulie, I mean, you know, again, I like Paulie. I don't hate Danny, but this is a, a trash. That's trash. It's trash. Let's, let's keep it 100. It's trash. But... You know, what can we do? What can we do? So after Pauly catches his fade from Danny, is this it for Pauly? Can he retire permanently to the desk now? Or is he going to get his Roy Jones on and keep fighting forever?
2: Well, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I think his next fight is uh, uh, for, what, some EBU title over over in Italy, some shit. Uh, Fuck out of here. No, I'm serious. Like I think he's he's fighting some some European guy. Oh no, I'm supposed. not
1: disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, <laughs> just on GP. Fuck out of here. Oh no, I I believe you are telling me the truth. But it's just, I mean, who was Paulie? The fight he got injured. Who was he? Was it that supposed to be his exhibition fight? Um
2: no no he was um supposed to fight a guy that actually got televised by TBC on uh, Danny O'Connor. Ah
1: uh, yeah 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 yeah. The Irish versus it, versus the Italians, but we didn't get that either. But I don't know. Is there anybody out there who's really going?
2: Ooh, Pauly versus Danny. That's a great fight. Oh, uh, Gianluca Bronco. That's his next fight. It looks like. But no, no, nobody gives a shit about him and Danny. Nobody at all. It's just a, you know, it's a, a easy test the waters fight for Danny Garcia because you know that that's how Broner tested the waters, and you know he he struggled badly so they figured to put Danny in there with him if Danny you know has no problems then uh he's 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 good to go at 147. i guess so, you know they okay, use so the a poly
1: well when danny beats polly and if broner beats porter we get danny we get danny broner
2: um, and then when danny
1: broner gets floyd
2: <laughs> yeah maybe floyd uh coming out of retirement in 2016 perhaps
1: yeah 2020 (laughs) coming out with gray whiskers but anyway you are listening to the ruckus podcast brought to you by the bad culture radio network badculture.net pay us a visit click some ads send us some money we like all the above If you want to call in and talk to us 718-508-9852 shout out to our faithful listeners who tune in weekly we love you for it, and we wouldn't do it without you. And we love your right. interaction and all the questions that you uh, uh, pose to us.
2: All right, I'm gonna give you some stats on Paulie's next opponent, Gianluca Bravo. He's he, he's 44 years old. Wait, wait, I, I want
1: to. Go... T- wait, wait, wait! I want to tweet them. Stats on Paulie's next opponent. Okay, he's 44.
2: Okay. Yeah, he's he's got a record of 49 wins, three losses, and one draw. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think our listeners would really know any of the guys that he's beaten. However, here are the three people he lost to. Well, no, they might know the last person he beat, because um, uh, he's a former world champion, Rafael Jackiewicz, Uh He mm-hmm. was wait, was he a world champion or no? He 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 beat the world champion. He just never actually won the title. Uh, but anyways, he was he was a top ten welterweight at, at one point. But, like, going back to, I'd say, 2010, yeah, if you go back to 2010, he was the top 10 welterweight. So I guess that one's, you know, somewhat notable. But um, people would better know him for losing to Arturo Gotti in 2004, followed by losing to Miguel Cotto in 2006. And his last loss was to Matthew Hatton in 2010. So, although he has 49 wins, uh, not really uh, uh, notable wins, and he is 44 years of age, doesn't don't think he's got much for Paulie Malignaggi. Even though Paulie can not punch, but just it is what it is. It, it'll be a, a EBU welterweight title fight. Yawn. Well, the good news is, I don't think PBC is going to pick it up.
1: <laughs> uh, there's some standard, very little. Uh, at, but
2: least, at least I hope not. <laughs> I they,
1: probably know. <laughs> they probably will. They uh. probably will. At any rate, let's see. So that's what. That way. let me pick up the fight schedule. Who? I've been like I feel like I'm in a whirlwind. So we got this. Laura Rodriguez debacco. Cuba versus, where's Belvin Rodriguez from?
2: Puerto Rico? I thought he was, like, Dominican. Dominican? What is he? I thought he was. But anyway,
1: Battle of the Caribbean for a large regular junior middleweight title. Who else is on here? Bitter Biev is on this card. Silka's is on this card. Uh, Duchenko, that's a name I haven't seen in a while.
2: Yeah, because he got knocked out by uh, Najib that's uh, how Mohammed got the Kovalev
1: fight. Yes, yes. Yeah, this is trash card. Headlined by the Cuban style of boxing. And I enjoy the Cuban style of boxing, but I, um, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good on this. I'm. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to front like I'm not going to watch it. But, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for our next guest. I'm anxious for her to call in.
2: Yeah, Layla should be calling in any time now.
1: Well, um, let's see. What before she calls in, let oh, can't talk. Here she is now. I want to ask you about uh, B. Hop's recent comments about racial bias in Philly, and that's why he hasn't been able to fight there. So we'll talk about that after um, we speak with Layla. You are now on with the Ruckus Crew. Is this Layla? This is Hi Hi Layla, how are you doing? Hey. Great. Thanks for having me. It's always Thanks. a pleasure. For those of you who are just now tuning in, tuning in, we are joined by former 3 Division World Champion, current BKB Lightweight cha- Champion, Layla McCarter, show stealer of BKB Broadcast, Layla McCarter. A pleasure to have you with us again.
5: Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys.
1: So talk, so talk to us. You know, I got a chance to see you when we were in Vegas for the, the Mayweather fight weekend, but what's it been like since you had your fight on uh, BKB, clearly the mat, the fight of the car? What has been the reception like uh, in the aftermath, after that fight?
5: Thank you. Uh, the reception's been really good. You know, uh, we had a great fight there, uh, the only knockout on the pay-per-view portion. Um and, it, and the reception was really good, and it gave us a lot of exposure. I mean, women fighting on pay-per-view, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, and it doesn't happen that often. So, you know, I tried to take full advan- advantage of the moment, and uh, I think we put a good show.
2: Um, yeah, you know, excellent. BKB Go got ahead, another Ryan. show coming up pretty soon. Uh, I just peeped it on Boxing Scene mm-hmm. Today. Let's see. Uh, June
5: 27th. Yeah, yes. June
2: 27th. Um, mm-hmm. Have they have they called you for that card?
5: Well, earlier on we were um, negotiating to defend the title um, for June 27th, but I think they're doing a change-up now um, for the show. They're going to have, like, a smaller type of show on free TV.
3: Oh, so right. it's going to be no,
5: no Rosado. Uh, I'm not on the show, um, but they want to bring me in as part of the team. Perhaps to do some commentary, um,
3: oh, okay. that kind
5: of thing. Yeah, so it'll be a good opportunity for me to branch out and do something else. Also, um, in the meantime, you know, and they and they made it clear that they don't want to lose me, but they, you know, will be coming back probably September, or October for the next one to defend the title. Okay,
3: so, cool.
5: yeah, June twenty seventh, we should be stepping into a another opportunity.
2: Nice.
5: So, yeah, talking boxing. <laughs>
1: Will you be, um, as you as you await for another opportunity at BKB, are you currently entertaining offers outside of the BKB ring? You know, we just saw a you oh, young course, lady, yeah. Lisa Estrada, on uh, the Golovkin car. Heather Hardy was on PVC car back east. You know, are you starting to entertain right. for offers now outside of the BKB realm?
5: Absolutely, yeah. We're working on a couple things uh, um, on the outside, you know, in the boxing ring. Um a few opportunities out there, but nothing that we've uh, locked into as of yet. Um, there's a local promotion here um, that we may work with in August, and uh, you know I'd like to get a title fight going with one of these Swedish girls over there um, for the WBC belt. Um, so it just depends on the opportunity, what makes sense, and uh, we'll go from there.
2: Yeah, WBC champion Delphine Persoon. She's actually Belgian. Um, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's the fight to no, make it no, lightweight. No, no, there's
5: another one. There's another one. Uh, there's a girl in Sweden now that just um, knocked out Victoria Cisneros in her most recent fight. I believe she's the welterweight champion, uh, WBC. Oh, you're
2: talking about a different weight class.
5: Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not particular to any weight class. You know, yeah, lightweight enough, is I'm good. I'm comfortable. So <laughs> Yeah, um, so, you know, welterweight, junior middle, no, she's a junior middleweight champion, I believe, yeah, actually, yeah. 154 WBC, but I'd be right, happy yeah. to take her on and uh, take her belt, yeah. <laughs>
3: um,
5: but uh, you, I'd you like to do it in Vegas, yeah. yeah, I had the WBA 154 pound belt um, that I won in South Africa. Um, And I don't really care much about the weight. You know, it's all about the skill and and what we do in the ring. It's, you know, two people in the ring and who gets the best of it. And a lot of that comes down to skill and experience. And, you know, and I have both, I believe, enough to, you know, take on anybody of this time. So um, I'd like to make that fight in Las Vegas happen. So if we had the right promoter with the TV backing, then we can make that possible and bring her here. If not, you know, I'm going to have to take it, my show on the road again and uh, fight fight them where they are. Um, so it just depends, what, like I said, what makes sense. And, and so we're, you know, what we're training, we're in the gym every day, and I'm
3: ready.
2: Yeah, the tech, uh, girl's name is, uh, well, woman. Uh, she's 39. So Michaela Lauren, um,
3: she right.
5: is
2: the WBC junior middleweight champion.
5: Is she 39? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, uh I don't have any 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 um anything against beating up on the elderly, so <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm thirty six myself. Jeez, I'm I'm creeping up on that four oh but um in the next few years I hope to cram some action in the
1: <laughs> yes. um, I'm a I'm a twin, I'm gonna say Layla McCarter is on the show calling me elderly.
2: I'm well, just know,
3: kidding.
5: That, I'm totally kidding.
2: Big, <laughs> I'm different. just teasing. You you're five <laughs> four right?
5: Um, I'm almost five five, so okay, uh, it's between five those five. two. But I sound right. silly to say I'm five four and three quarters, right? So, um,
2: right.
5: that's about where it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, she's listed at five ten. She might even be taller. That's okay.
5: Wow. Yeah, that's okay.
1: The bigger they are, the harder they fall.
5: When I won my first world title was from Sandra Yard, and she was pretty tall herself, um, and that was featherweight, 126 pounds, but she was super tall, um, probably about there, maybe 5'10", 5'11", something like that. Um, but like I said, it comes down to skill, and you know, I know how to get in there.
2: Yes, you mm. do. It's, uh, you, I couldn't believe that she, you know you had the you know the big knockout on, on big knockout boxing that. That was uh, kind of a surprise. I mean, you know, the only I, one I was, fight,
5: uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we put all the preparation in, and I came to make a statement. I came in just to open the door and to say here we are, and um, you know, let, now let's talk. So um, then we went to negotiations for the second fight, and instead we're gonna, you know, like I said, we're gonna do some commentary for them, and we'll come back for the next big fight um, late in the year.
2: Did you get a chance to? Um say anything to uh, Project's trainer uh, during or after the fight?
5: Not much. You know, I re- I didn't get the opportunity to talk to them after the fight. I kind of wanted to, um, and I felt kind of rude for, you know, just being too busy or whatever, but, you know, <laughs> there were interviews and, you know, I really like Diana Project. She's a nice girl. And Lucia too, I have a lot of respect, you know, other than the fact she never wanted to fight me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got nothing against them, and, and, and they're really nice people. Um, but yeah, I didn't have much of a chance to uh, talk to them after. Uh, I think I sent I, I sent Diana a text, I believe after. So.
2: Okay.
3: So,
5: yeah, we just quick back and forth, good fight, that kind of thing.
2: Um, you know, speaking of you know, because a lot of the, uh, uh, the, at least the, the you know the televised talent in in uh, women's boxing is has, is has been overseas in recent years for the most part. Um. One of them, um, Cecilia Bregas, has you know, mm-hmm. split with her promoter um, and is now now here in the United States. Um I, f- I, right. forget, who's, I forget who's backing her now.
5: Um, and Klitschko, like, and actually we're Klitschko working K2, on that yeah. also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was keeping that one on the on the DL, but we are actually entertaining that one as well and um, trying to make that happen Ooh. with her promoter. And that would be really excellent yeah. to do that in the U.S., on big TV, possibly on a Klitschko card. You never know.
2: Very nice. Yeah, very, uh, you very know, nice. if
5: Klitschko ever fights uh maybe Deontay Wilder, I mean or uh you know, that could be a great show to be um featured on. So yeah, you okay. never know what could happen and she's with with them now and I like the Klitschko's, I like their organization, Tom Loeffler, who's been with them for years. Um they're really classy people and I think it'll be easier to deal with them than it was to deal with Sauerland. So
3: um
2: yeah, you
5: know, yeah I mean we go way back, so I think it's gonna be um easy to do now.
2: Yeah, K two okay. definitely seems more progressive than these other promotional companies. They you know, they recently just brought, you know, um, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez on, on their network. Oh, yeah? Um he HBO debut made two hundred thousand dollars. So <laughs> you know, which well, you know, it, isn't a lot for most guys that are world champions and accomplished like him, but you know, he's a flyweight. Uh-uh. So flyaways yeah, don't <laughs> You know, the the po-
5: these poor little guys get treated like women, man. I don't know. But um <laughs> you know, he's a very skilled fighter. I was so impressed with him. I was just, you know, blown away by that guy. He's, you know, and uh, during the broadcast of the BKB, uh, Robert Garcia compared me to, or compared him to me in, in some way. I don't Ooh. Know. So that was a compliment.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a very good compliment.
5: Yeah. Hmm, I'm all bragging today. What <laughs> else? Uh, yeah. No, but uh, Klitschko's are classic. They're, they're really nice people, and um, we go back to where um, for many years when when Lucia Riker, like I said, was training in the same camp, Emmanuel Stewart was training the Klitschko's, and we were in La Brea training in the same gym there um, while our heavyweight was sparring with the Klitschko's. So, you know, we know the whole team. Tom Loffler we were there for Klitschko's birthday, had a nice dinner there, you know. And that was when I was offered a fight with Lucia Riker at Staples Center on a big undercard as well. And I said, yes, let's do it. But, um, unfortunately, their team thought it was a bad idea. She has a smart team. um, Uh, That was that.
2: (laughs) Now, it it seemed to me like during Lucia's career, you know, she was undefeated. You know, she was probably the most feared fighter in her division and everything. But she did miss out on a lot of big fights. Um, Besides yourself. What do you, who else do you think would have beat her?
5: Would have beat her. Hmm, that's a tough question. It's hard to think outside myself sometimes. You know. Um. I I don't know. You know, somebody who can box good and isn't afraid to mix it up. Uh, at that time. Hmm. I don't know. My mind is blank. But th- there had to be a couple that would have given her good fights. You know, there were there were some tough fighters, but. Um. Yeah, I can I can't name one offhand. What do you think?
2: Um, I I couldn't tell you not, not unless she moved up and weight, but um Yeah, I
3: knew I knew
2: I yeah. knew Christy Martin didn't have a chance against her. Um I'm, I'm mad that that fight didn't happen. Really? But, um, you think so? I don't, yeah, I don't I don't think Christy would have a chance.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I, I forget what state Christy was in at that time. I don't think she was doing too well, too sharp. Yeah, but yeah, hard to say.
2: So, um, uh, tell me about you know uh, tr- your training because sometimes you you might go a long period of time without fighting. So, do you scale back? You know how much you work out?
5: Oh, of course we scale back. Yeah, because when you know when we're in full time training for a fight, it's nonstop. We eat on time. We sleep on time. Everything is just scheduled, regimented, and miserable. <laughs> um you know, I convince myself I love it. You know, we do our road work, we you know, um it's two a day workouts and I'm working out at least, you know, maybe 3 hours a session. So, you know, it a, is it's a lot of hard work. And in the in the interim when I don't have a fight scheduled, I scale it back. I train once a day just to maintain um so I can quickly step it up if I need to. So, like, right now we're on a one-to-day schedule, but, you know, since the BKB fight, I took a couple weeks and just, um, I got a little bit lazy, but, um, you know, once in a while. (laughs) It's hard to do this year in and year out, you know. It is. It it
2: definitely is, you know, because it's just a lot of uh, of wear and tear on the body.
5: I've been Um, eating a lot of pasta lately and, uh, you know, Last week was funny because I was I was determined to go to the gym, but it just didn't happen. And you know, I'd eat, I I said I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow, so I better eat some spaghetti and get carbo-load and you know go there with a lot of energy. So I would do that, because then I'd sleep in. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's my fun. training time. Well, I guess I'll do it tomorrow. Okay, I better eat some pasta, get some energy. <laughs> and so, this went on for about a you know, well about a week, better part of a week, and uh, and right now I'm sitting about 140. Um, no, no, probably 137, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been lazy time for me, but now we're getting um, we back in that. the gym. We had an excellent workout today, so back on track.
2: Right, you're still not far off from your fighting weight, um.
5: And I feel great today, you know, all that carbo-loading, I guess it added up, because, um, yeah, I could have, I could have gone all day today. It was just a, a great workout.
2: Yep. Um, uh, speaking about the weight, um. Uh, Cecilia had mentioned that she is willing to come down to 140 for, you know, a big opportunity. So I I would Mm. assume the weight would be, you know, a negotiating tool for that fight. So she's on record. I don't even care.
5: She can can, can fight where she's comfortable, and I'll kick her butt wherever she chooses. I don't (laughs) don't even care. You know, uh, Diana made me come down to 133. That kind of ticked me off, and maybe that's why I took it out on her. But, um, you know, as long as I don't have to suffer, I don't care what they weigh. I I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't think those pounds are going to help her I don't think anything's going to help her When she's in the ring, it's me and her She's going to say, there's nothing going to help me now Uh, You know um, And then she's going to realize who she's in the ring with And she's going to, you know Realize her belts are coming home with me And it's going to be a sad day for Cecilia Abrakis I mean uh, (laughs) I feel for her already
2: You know, the the biggest opportunity for her She missed out on Would have been a fight with Holly Holm Um, you know, Holly decided to retire and, and, and venture into MMA. Uh how do you think that fight would have played out?
5: Um it's hard to say. I don't it depends if it was in Albuquerque or if it was in uh Denmark.
3: Right. <laughs> if it's right. in
5: Albuquerque, hometown, you know, if it's in Denmark the other way, hometown. Uh you know, but I don't think Holly Holm would have been able to withstand uh you know because Cecilia can punch if she gets in there and and uh, you saw what happened when, when Holly Holm fought the French girl, uh, Mathis. Yeah, just,
2: uh, well, I think Mathis is, is you know, arguably yeah. the greatest, well, at least second greatest female puncher, like, ever. So,
5: uh, she's very strong, very strong. <clears throat> and, uh, well, I don't know. It just would have been a tough fight, yeah. Holly Holm could have bounced around and run around for a while. You never know. And if she's in Albuquerque, survive and win. Um, All right. So, yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, Holly, I don't really much. Holly, is was somebody you tried to fight at some point?
5: Holly Holm and I were scheduled to fight once, and that was 10 days after my fight with Jelena Branjenovich when I broke my arm. And I uh, didn't mind scheduling fights that close together because nothing ever, ever, ever happens to me. I'm like, never cut, never have a suspension. And, and in that particular time, I broke my radial bone and my forearm I threw a wide punch and hit her in the head with my bone on um, the forearm, and uh, cracked it. Yeah, I mean, I, I split it right in two, actually. Um, so, so I, I, of course, I had to pull out of the fight. Right. And uh, at the time, I was trying to cover it up. Nobody knew that I my arm was broken. After the fight, I was like, "Don't say anything," you know. I was saying, "Oh, my my wrist hurts" or something. You know, I didn't I didn't say what it was. Um, but then Luis is like, what are you going to do? My manager, trainer Luis, I mean, you, you can't just tape it up and fight. Are you crazy? <laughs> you know, of course, the doctor's looking at me already, and, you know, they know my arm is broken. So, But I really didn't want to pull out of the fight. I, wa- I wanted to go through with it, but then I'm thinking, you know, I would have taken her on one-handed, but, you know, what am I going to do with <laughs> the other one? It's going to be hanging there. So, yeah, it was a disappointing thing, and then Frescas was mad at me, the promoter. And uh, I got him a replacement for, for me. Um, so, you know, he should have been happy. I I worked it out. I got somebody to replace me in that fight. Um, but he wanted to make me pay for it since then. So, and I wasn't going to go on the, on those terms, you know, um, and I came for too much, too cheap of a fight in the first place. The first negotiation was bad, but I was willing to go. But then I thought about it and I'm like, I made a bad deal. So, you know, in a way it was good for me that the fight didn't happen in that way. Um, so we never made a deal since then. He hated me, and, and that was it.
2: <laughs> oh, That's boxing for you.
5: <laughs> huh?
2: I said, that's boxing for you. you know, yeah, it's just...
5: you know, funny things happen. And I saw Freskis the other day. I see him every once in a while in the poker room. It's funny. We, You know, I was sitting at a poker table once, and, the, and we were at the same table playing. And then I realized, I was like, that's Lenny Freskis, right there. Kind of funny. Um <laughs> and I see him every once in a while in Vegas. He plays poker as well. So and Yeah, he asked me how I'm doing and it's just very polite and you know, not too friendly, but you know. W well, you know, times have passed and um, you know, everything goes with the time. Yeah. Anyway
2: Well, um let's see. You know, it seems In in place of, you know, managers and promoters making fights happen, it it really comes down to whether or not sanctioning bodies, you know, enforce, you know, like mandatory title defenses. Are are you in a position with with any of the the major bodies where you are owed a title shot? Uh,
5: Probably. Probably. (laughs) Um,
2: You got to look into that.
5: Probably, but you know it comes down to the team and the and the promotion because really the promoters hold a lot of power when you know you got a local girl in Sweden that that they're making money with, uh, for example, and uh, or Denmark, <laughs> and you you know they want to keep their belt busy and as long as their fighter they have a champion there that they're keeping busy then it's good for the sanctioning body, but you know if if some girl like Layla McCarter comes in there and upsets them you know such as in South Africa. I mean, you know, there goes the business, because now I've got the belt, and do I have a big promoter? No. Uh, so, it's, you know, the belt goes vacant, ultimately, or, or I'll defend it in somebody else's country. It's just, you know, it's not good for business for them. So they like to keep their champions winning, and that's why you see a lot of crooked decisions as well. Um, anyway, that's how I feel about that one.
2: Well, <laughs> I you know, know um, uh, hopefully something will come your way pretty soon. Oh,
5: yeah, you know, we've got a lot of things working. Like I said, the Cecilia brackets would be the big fight. That's, that's, right. That is that's the one that I want to make happen in the U.S. hopefully this year or or early next year. That would be nice. Um, but i got to be patient. You know, the Klitschko's have a lot of other things going on. So, you know, they've got uh, their other fighters and whatnot. Um, so I hope to get in there soon with her. That's, that's the one I want to make happen. But in the meantime, I'd be happy to take on anybody else and, you know, collect some belts and wreck their business and (laughs) go on about my business
2: uh later the business record for carter (laughs) (laughs)
5: that's it that's it that's over the spoiler you know we go into uh jelena's hometown we took you know her undefeated status and japan and new zealand and um south africa so you know i've made a career of doing that but you know you'd think it would translate into something in my own hometown. You know, I have a good promotion yeah. going, good TV. And um, I'm still hopeful that that will happen. You know, um, I've still got a couple good years, and I think I'm the best I've ever been right now in this time.
2: You know, you know um, your hometown is Vegas, right?
5: Yes, I've been here 15 no. years.
2: So Speaking of Vegas, you know, it seems to me that the, the promotional company out there is Mayweather Promotions. Have they done anything... To suggest that they will get into women's boxing?
5: Not at all and in fact to the contrary so um, yeah I've seen no positive uh, moves to that direction and I've even talked to you know Leonard about it and, and Floyd and Floyd is you know Floyd is Floyd he's, he's he's a fighter himself he's doing his own thing and he'll say yeah 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 Leonard let's do something and then you know I, when I talked to Leonard he said there's no market for women's boxing I said well how do you know? How do I know? Yeah, how do you know? Did you ever put a woman's side on? I mean, you know, they just are against it, and that's it, and that's the way it is. You know, a lot of people just won't give it a shot. So, um, you know, I think they've had female promotions on when they promoted Jester Cozy on the small shows at the Hard Rock and that kind of thing. So, I mean, you know, there's hope for them yet. <laughs> but as for putting him on a big show on a like a Mayweather card or something um I'll be really surprised if that ever happens but uh, you never well,
2: know yeah you know when Floyd retires he might decide to get more serious about this promotion thing
5: <laughs> I think so I, I I think so but as far as women in the you know I really hope that he comes around with that and you know recognizes the talent that's there but um we'll see
2: yep we will see. And um, you know, uh, best of luck to you with uh whatever comes next. You know, we'll, we'll be looking out for that uh um Thank you. Thank you all to be Yeah. I'll
5: let you know what goes on next and I really appreciate you guys uh having me on and uh it's always always a great time talking to you guys.
2: Yeah, you too. Uh, you're a great guest.
5: All right. Anytime. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Layla. Okay. All right, Have talk to night. you
2: soon. Bye bye.
3: Bye bye.
1: So once again, that. Uh, thank you once again to our, our guests, Shelly Vinson and Layla McCarter. Very informed, very honest, but realistic about the state of women's boxing right now. So thank you, ladies, for joining us. And we here pledge to offer any and all support to you at any time with your respective ventures. Uh, we have now 36 minutes remaining in the show. Once again, this is the Rockets Podcast, brought to you by the Bad Culture Radio Network. If you'd like to tune in and uh, call in and speak to Ryan and myself, call the number is 718-508-9852.
2: Yeah, please so call in, because any shit happened last weekend, but there is that car we haven't talked about or that. Um, yeah, I was Kodo just scared my voice change
1: to talk about that bullshit. Oh. <laughs> uh, this, oh, this, 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 this quote-unquote middleweight fight where we had a, a super welter versus a uh, shit. Dan Gill Gil came to the ring looking like a cruiser. He was huge. <laughs> super <laughs> welter versus, what did they say? He weighed on fight night like 170? Well,
2: I I heard he uh, weighed in in street clothes. So, you know, depending if he was fully clothed with his shoes on, that could have been like a 5- to 10-pound exaggeration.
1: He wasn't wearing a mink and Doc Martens. He probably had on like sneakers and a tracksuit. Three pounds. No
2: sneakers, no sneakers and tracksuit with you know nothing in the pockets. Easily five pounds.
1: They made it seem like he came to the ring with like a a weighted vest and and a fur coat. and and some Doc Martens.
2: Well, he, he, was, and, he was definitely but, in the 170s, we'll say that. He was definitely, you know, uh, that high. I can't say if he was in the 180s like he officially read on the scale, but we can, you know, he was possibly in the high 170s. So he was much bigger than Kodo, and that was to be expected. Um, he looked kind of fleshy in the he ring.
1: call a in the ring because he looked like death warmed over on the scale. <laughs> and he comes into the ring looking like he was just, he had been out barbecuing with Marcos Maidana the night before, and he just looked enormous, e enormous on fight night. So, you know, as a result, we just watched Miguel Cotto just, you know, it's like, you know, a kid messing with their dad. You gave dad too much beer and barbecue over the weekend. He's trying to take a nap on the couch. You keep poking and prodding him. Of course, you can knock him out.
2: Yeah, speaking of getting uh, knocked out, well, no, I'll wait a couple more minutes. But the, this uh, Golden State Cleveland game is getting interesting.
1: Uh, I am Cleveland. Before uh, <laughs> well, we, we jump in with our opinions, let me see. I see a 347, I see a 513. If I'm not mistaken, this should be Mike Money and Dre K. So we're going to start with Mike Money. 347, you are with the Ruckus crew. What's happening?
4: What's good, it's Michael like Brooker. What's going on, Mike? Right,
1: honey, what's happening with you, bro?
4: Man, that that was some bullshit. That was <laughs> bullshit. Lara fucking fight Delvin Rodriguez. That's bullshit. I mean, come on. This yes. is, I mean, this this catch this catchweight shit is is getting out of hand. And 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 I talk about catchweight with all promotions. I don't give a fuck if it's PBC. I don't give a fuck if it's Top Rank or Golden Boy or now Rock Mason. This shit got to stop. I mean, yep. come on, what the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? This fight was right? terrible. You know, I went, you know, I went to my boys' crib, you know, all the Puerto Ricans in the house, you know, PR stand-up and whatnot. They was loving it. And I said, yo, he weight-drained them. This is some, I, I said, I, he probably um, learned his lessons from that Pacquiao weight-drained years back. But, I mean, come on. What the Ridiculous. fuck is this shit that we're watching? This is right? terrible. Really? All right, You the Let me ask you, something, Ryan. Is your fight is that shit out of
2: catchweight? I know it's not out of catchweight, Ryan. Is it? Oh, well, first of all, first of all, when, when no titles are on the line, um, catchweight is just a lot more common because people, right. you know, what, what do you have to make the weight for if you're not getting anything for it? So make that, the weight because that's, that's the, the division you chose
1: to fight in. Damn a title. Respect the the weight, the 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 history most, of weight divisions. Most, Why even no, have weight divisions
4: most, and even, shit? I'll no, get in there. Going,
1: I, I'll fight uh, Layla. Going all the
2: way back. So damn nope. well, I
1: weigh quite a bit more than Layla McCarter. I'll fight her. I mean, what, what's the point?
2: <laughs> going all the way back to the beginning of the boxing, um, weight classes have been like you know, oh, we'll fight at this division, you know, plus two pounds. If if it's like you know a fight that's not important, you know that that it's, it's just been like that. Um I don't see a big deal with it. Uh, I, I, I don't think it should ever happen for a title fight because I think there's there's 17 weight classes, so you don't need uh, catch weights for title fights. Except perhaps if no. you know there are fight, there, huh. there were fighters that weigh 90 pounds. Uh, I can see catch weights for that, and if there were fighters that weighed. Uh, 190 pounds, like naturally, because it's a, it's a big jump between you know light heavyweight and cruiserweight, and then cruiserweight to heavyweight, because most of those guys are you know over 230. So Mikey ain't answered
1: your question yet.
2: <laughs> my fight is at 168.
1: What's Technically, the, it's
2: 167 plus one. So you're going you're going down the uh, you're going down the super middleweight. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm pretty much already there. Like, I'm I'm a light heavyweight right now, you know, walking around, so. Right. You see, Ryan, you're my boy, and we light-skinned, so we got to <laughs> <laughs> okay, stick
4: together. We got to stick together. We got to stick together. But I'm, I'm going to be, now bro, I mean, come on, like this. Danny Garcia bullshit with all, all the fucking catch, I'm sick of fucking catch weights. And then now, look, what now you even posted a Twitter question before. Um, now, Canelo. King of the K, he's another king of the catchways. Now you ask though, if there's a catchweight with Cotto and Canelo, I think it's going to be a advantage on um, Canelo. He comes in at 155, so anything heavier than 155, so his body can adjust to it. So Cotto's going to be in a world of trouble. He better drain him to like 152, and then I know, I, and I'm being you know facetious about, I'm being facetious about that, but I mean I'm being real too.
2: He, uh, I don't know. But I'm just thinking
6: yeah, of, yeah. I, you, I, I agree. Agree.
4: agree. I agree with you. I could agree with you.
2: Canelo does come in the ring bigger. Like he, he blows up to the one seventies for the fight. Koto he's like, you know, one sixty 160 to one sixty five. So, you know, the higher the weight the the better the advantage for um, Canelo. However, um since it will be a middleweight title fight, uh I don't think Koto will be able to do anything below one fifty five and get away with it.
1: I think Cotto's taking an L against Canelo. I don't know. I'm I'm
2: I'm not I'm not convinced on Canelo's greatness. I just I think it's a lot of flashing mirrors there. Like Cotto is to me, Cotto is a Hall of Fame fighter. You know, is is he the fighter he used to be? No, but he is very experienced, skilled, and Canelo the the. You know the two best fighters he fought, he should have lost to, at least in my opinion. Well, hold on. Did I ha- actually? I think I have a beating Lara, but if I scored it again, I might score for Lyra. It was close. Arguably, he lost to Lyra and he lost to Trout. Okay. Um, uh, his wins to me, uh, apart from those, are not you know indicative of anything of substance. So, Cotto would be his. For him to legitimately beat Cotto, that would be the best scalp of his career. And uh, you know, it's to, it's, a, it's a stretch for me to to think that he should be the favorite in in such a fight. You know, Cotto has had these fights, these big fights, and come out victorious. You know, and in you know multiple instances, Canelo he's he's still a kid. He's young. What? He's twenty four years old. So I don't know. And he, he's not a pressure fighter. And that, that that's the thing that that really gets Cotto. Is if you put that pressure on him, you know, and you know, force him to, you know, constantly move and you know, kind of get him tired, then it becomes difficult for you know him in his old age to 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 deal with it. But if if you just try to box with him, Coda's Cotto, a good boxer. I like Coda's boxing skills. Like he could box with Floyd better than most people. Yeah. Like he was hitting Floyd with jabs, and Floyd doesn't really get hit with jabs. You know, so in a boxing match. That's a pretty pretty intriguing fight to me and I give I give Colo a good chance of being able to beat a guy like Canelo.
4: Just does this fight de- <laughs> Does this fight definitely happen in Vegas or the, um you think yeah, it's definitely, definitely. in Okay. Nope. Definitely in Vegas. Because, nope. because in Texas I, I I give all the advantage to Canelo because you know, Mexico is all the decisions in Texas. You already know that. Yep.
1: I say, I say, I'm going to call it now. That like going down in Texas. That's going to be a negotiated point, and I'm going to pull out the big, but we sold 50,000 no, tickets. There's to no chance.
2: There's, there's no chance Cotto's going to Texas, and there's no chance Canelo's going to New York. But here's the thing. they Canelo says he wants that Mexican Independence Day weekend, like when Floyd is supposed to fight. Then yeah, he got
1: to fight in Texas. There ain't no Mexicans in New York like that.
2: But yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely not being in New York. But the thing they, they they're they going to do the fight in Vegas. Let's so not even discuss other venues. It's, just, it's going to be a Vegas fight. But if Floyd's trying to fight that weekend, and Canelo's really not trying to fight on a Mexican holiday because that's not to his advantage,
3: mm-hmm.
2: perhaps the fight does not happen, you know, uh, when Floyd wants to fight. You know, they might, you know, push it back.
1: Meh. I'd say it's... Cotto versus Canelo. Cotto's the A-side, but they fight in Texas with Cotto's judges, and they both got to wear pink Crocs and pink gloves on the way to the ring. <laughs>
2: who, but here's, my question is, who moves off Mexican Independence Day weekend, Floyd or Canelo Cotto?
1: If Floyd fights Canelo, well...
2: Because yeah, who's, who's who's Floyd going to fight that's really going to uh, generate a lot of interest?
1: I think I think Floyd moves off of it because Floyd said in the press conference after the last fight he said he could he could wait until he fights again. Maybe he waits until next May for his final fight. I could see Floyd moving off of September before Canelo Cotto. Because Floyd literally
2: has no one now to fight. Uh, Khan will be doing Ramadan. No, nah, Khan says he's... Ramadan's early or something. It's, it's not going to bother Khan. Uh, he's already said that he doesn't give a shit anymore. He just wants that Floyd fight. By the way, um, I, I think Koto might be a, a big factor here. Because I don't think he wants to fight on Mexican Independence Day weekend. I really don't. Like, it. Out of like just just being the diva, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: true. Well, he might wait, you know. Cotto fights once a year now. Puerto Rican Day, Puerto Rican Pride Weekend week. Puerto Rican yeah,
3: Day. Yeah, he,
2: he did say the first thing he wants to do is go home and you know spend time with his family. Now hold up, bro. Mm-hmm. You, you, it took you a year to fight, okay? So what were you right. doing that whole year if they've not spent the time with your family? You, you already got to go back home and spend more time with them, for real? <laughs>
1: he was with his, with his boys. He oh. a, with his
2: other oh, family. So it, it, he was like, you know, the entourage movie or something, right?
1: Exactly. <coughs> was on a war
2: tour. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland going to win this game, by the way. I don't
1: care. (laughs) That's kinda but anyway, Mike Money, hold on, stay on the line because I'm sure this is Drakeade. Cade. Well, let me see. Let me pick this one up first. Six three one, you are on with the ruckus. Who am I talking to? Hello. Hello. Hello? Hi.
2: Hey. Who's this? This is Daryl. Darryl. (laughs) Yeah. What's up, (laughs) Daryl?
1: Okay, well, too. Well, we might as well keep you on too. Let me pick up Drake. Drake, yeah, what's happening?
2: Oh, uh, okay. all right, how's so. it going, guys? Uh, the gang's all here. Yeah, yeah exactly. This over. I know.
1: We just need we need the um our our dude Simplificado, the uh, the British guy. We need him too. So if you I know you listening to the show. If you want to call in, uh, you call in too. I'm gonna lob it over. Let's 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 start with uh Briz. What brings you uh to the actual phone console this evening, sir. What did we say that, that inspired you to pick up the phone? Well,
6: I I actually ended up popping in um, right when you guys were talking about the catch weight, <laughs> the catch weight situation.
1: Yeah, yeah okay. it's
6: it's kind Catsgate. of bullshit. Catsgate,
1: catch gate,
6: well, catch Like, there's there's no problem with people having catch weights, but if you're having a catch weight for a title fight, that's – you're either in the weight or you're not. And Kodo right. is – Cotto is kind of disgracing the belt by, by having this guy come underneath the actual weight division to fight for a belt. He's holding the title hostage, and he even admits that he's not a middleweight. So he should, he should just drop the belt. What? That's what it comes down to.
2: Him. I mean, I'm sure the WBC would uh, uh make it a vacant title fight at 154 if him and Cotto fought. I mean, if uh, Cotto and Canelo fought, so he could have another belt, but. I don't know. Uh, maybe he's hoping Floyd fights him. That, <laughs> honestly, that, that's the, only, thing, that's the WPA, only reason I, the I can one. see him holding on to but, that belt.
6: But the thing about that, if if those two fight, then like neither one of them are even going to come close to 160 no, pounds. No,
2: yeah, like neither I, one of them makes the weight class, but it's for the I, middleweight title. But that used to happen, though, like uh, back when Henry Armstrong was champion. Because he remember he was featherweight champion, lightweight champion, and welterweight champion at the same time. So he he was he was, well, he was well under the welterweight division.
1: Well, maybe that's their plan because if Floyd, you know, vacates the belt, the number one behind Floyd is Canelo. So hey, maybe that's what we got going. That's what we're going to see here. We're going to see Cotto Canelo for one. He Cotto gives up the one sixty, and they fight for the one fifty four. Oh,
6: but. Mayweather didn't uh, vacate his belts, so it might be setting up for Joe uh, yeah. Brooks. He
2: vacated is, um, the one that Tim Bradley and uh, Jesse
1: Vargas is fighting
2: for. Yeah, well, Which one is that? He, he, he petitioned WBO to uh, keep that belt. Uh, the paperwork has been filed. Bob Barron came out and said, oh, our fight's still going to be for the vacant title. But Bob Baron he just says things without actually doing research. So, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> They Floyd
1: should let Floyd like keep the WB damn WB belt if he wants
2: to. So, Floyd minimally gave up that one. No, I'm, I'm telling you. He actually petitioned WBO to let him keep the title. Like, really? originally he said, yeah, originally he said, yeah, you know, you got the belt back. But now he changes his mind. Floyd changes his mind a lot about a lot of things. Yep. <laughs> if history
6: hasn't. And, hasn't you know, shown. If, if,
2: here's the thing if you're Floyd. And you're saying, look, I want to keep your title and defend it. How the hell do you say no to Floyd? You know, this dude is about to make, you know, uh, at least $40 million in his next fight. And, uh, you know, your check is going to be more, you know, with him fighting than with anybody else fighting. So I think you let him keep the belt, you know, just from a purely, you know, financial interest point of view.
1: How ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous! It's so
3: egomaniacal and
1: controlling. Oh my God. So Drake, what mm. what 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 you got Man, for us, Drake? K,
7: laden with F. I I want to comment on the um on the Cotto and the uh, Alvarez situation. I was listening on. Man, if it, you think about call. it, at one fifty four and up, Alvarez resume is killing Cottos. Um, I don't think uh. When you think about Alvarez fighting Trout, fighting Angulo, fighting Kirkland, fighting Floyd just like uh, um, um, Cotto did, and I don't think he's going to make the same mistake. If, when uh, Alvarez fought Mayweather, he tried to beat Mayweather in the middle of the ring when nobody can't beat that man at. I don't think he's going to try to uh, fight Cotto from the middle of the ring. Cotto, since he, he fought broke leg ass Sergio Martinez, and he fought. Rodriguez, and he just uh, sucked Gil down to that weight, then he stepped in with somebody where he got no type of weight advantage whatsoever because with uh, Alvarez fighting at 155, purposely not fighting at 154, purposely not fighting at 160, I mean, to me, he owned all the cards. I don't give a fuck where the fight's at. I think Alvarez, the same situation when you talk about Cotto being a Hall of Famer, uh, uh, Bernard was a Hall of Famer when he saw Cotto You see what the fuck happened to him.
4: I mean sometimes
7: I I mean you you can only you can only do the smoke and mirrors for so yeah, long true, true. with the wrong fighter. And I'm gonna say this because 'cause I'm from Cincinnati. I believe Broner I got money on Sean Porter to beat the shit out of Broner and I'm
3: oh.
7: also like I, I don't believe that Broner thought that Porter was gonna take that fucking catch weight. That's what I thought. <laughs> I mean sometimes you make bad decisions can get your ass whooped. And I think that's what's going to happen in this situation with uh, Canelo. Canelo just don't give a fuck. I mean, Carl didn't fight Lara. Carl didn't fight Kirkland. Uh, Cardo didn't fight even uh, Angulo. He fought nobody that would knock his ass straight the fuck out.
3: He didn't he
7: fought them when they was handicapped. I, now he I, happened I there with a young-ass lion. The worst thing you can do is like, uh with Floyd. I believe Floyd would beat Thurman, but Floyd don't want to take that motherfucker chance with that young boy. I mean this man,
4: is man, I'm out to <laughs> Uh Mike Money, hey. Bronner Porter. Huh? I got I got Bronner. I got up. I think if he fought the same way he fought Molina Jr. and is in that control pace and he watches and, and he doesn't get caught with that open hand of Sean Porter, I think Bronner beats him. Man, you oh. he ever heard of the mix. And he already heard of the Bridge. mix.
6: Hmm?
1: Daryl, Broner Porter.
6: <laughs> Broner. And here's why I, love I think that I think that um Porter is overrated. I think that his only offense is really um kind of bombarding his way in. He he fights on the inside. He's an inside type fighter, but his inside fighting isn't all that effective. He ends up smothering his own attack. You know what I, I agree mean? With
2: that. No, that and I, I think I, he, he, I, showed, he showed weakness in his last fight, even though he got that knockout. But yeah, that was I think that Broner going to
6: clinch up with him whenever he gets the chance.
2: If yeah, Broner can clinch, then he should win the fight.
6: Now, the only way that Porter wins, in in my eyes, the only way that he wins is if Broner does basically nothing.
2: Right. Yeah, there's also that he'll he'll end, end up there, losing
6: on lack of activity
2: and smile. <laughs> Yeah, Broner Bro- Bro likes to do that, but I think he's he's kind of changed his ways recently. Like uh, the way he moves around fuck, the have because- Bro the <laughs> fuck no, Broner
7: have it, Broner Broner y'all even heard of the mix? The mix is a club in Cincinnati. Broner there every fucking weekend.
2: Okay, no, he's yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> <league. laughs> y'all he now. The I don't, that, don't believe that. That's not what I'm about. I, I don't believe Sean it's
7: Porter different. is going to be a deer in the head like, like John Molina was against Broner. Broner is very st- Broner is uh, to me he's tailor made for uh, for Sean Porter. If you look how Kell Brook fought him, Kell Brook his fucking ass off. Broner ain't gonna out- ain't gonna box him like that. He's gonna
2: try. Broner gonna he's get gonna a fake ass head move. I
6: don't. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't think Broner has as much discipline, but I think that he has the skill to be able to do it.
2: Oh yeah,
7: he do. I agree with you totally. But that's not gonna happen. The key word is discipline, and I believe Sean Porter gonna go on that motherfucker for one. I, I believe with, with Sean Porter being a young man, it's, that that two or three pounds that he got to come in with that catch weight, um, I believe they ain't going to do nothing but motivate the to him. That's what I think. <laughs> I don't believe he, gonna, he ain't going to come in like Gil did against Cotto and oh,
6: have to man, suck man. down
7: and, and gain 20 or 30 damn pounds. I don't believe that's going down.
6: Did you guys mention how his daddy
7: was? is not going to put him in a ring that could possibly damage his health like that? or well, I don't believe and he would let his son take that fight like that. I mean, you think about think about Broner. You talk about overrated. To me, I believe Pauly Malinowski beat Broner. Uh, since Broner came up from 135, I went to all his fights down at the U.S. Bank Arena. Think about this: he fought Pauly. To me, I thought he lost that fight. He got whooped by uh, uh, Madonna. Then he oh, moved down God. to 140. He didn't look good against uh, Carlos Molina. To me, Emmanuel Taylor fought him tooth and nail until he knocked him yep. down in the
2: 12th right. round. I agree with that. I, You're right. I
7: mean. He, he ain't knocked nobody the fuck out since he left one
6: thirty five. Oh no, he, he hasn't he hasn't been able to carry his powers. Definitely not. I'm telling
7: you, he is he is in trouble with a line like 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 Sean Porter. He is in trouble. How the hell are you gonna keep him off of him? Like you said, is he <laughs> able to hold him.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna tell
7: you the fight, oh, yeah. I'm gonna tell you what I like about um y'all talked about um um Triple G. When mm-hmm. Triple G fought Daniel Gill, tr I seen Triple G do something in that fight. That made me believe, I don't believe there's nobody out there that can beat that boy. Daniel Gill tried to hold him. Triple G yucked both of his hands back so he couldn't hold him. <laughs> nah, you're going to take this ass whooping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He say, nah, you're going to take this ass whooping, and that's what happened. I don't believe if, if Brona hold him, he's going to get in trouble on the inside.
3: That's I believe really there's
7: nothing Brona can do because he's not disciplined enough. Yeah, he got the skills. He got yeah, the but- boxes.
2: I don't believe he can do it. Porter can be held, though. You know, I'll, you don't have to be an expert to hold Porter. He's he's, he's, not, uh, Porter, he's, not, he's Porter, not. He's not, he's me, he's not good at first every damn thing else.
7: But I don't believe Broner got the
2: discipline to beat him. Yeah, I see a split decision. Honestly, like I, it depends how the judges feel that day.
1: Were they fighting a, in Ohio?
6: No, no, no they should they be they, fighting they, in, they're in Ohio, Vegas. But they're not.
4: Vegas. Oh, that's right Actually, that's, anoth-
6: that's another thing that we could talk about PBC is screwing up They're not building <laughs> their fighters
4: <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah PBC no. fighters, maybe these daytime fights are like the, the Al Heyman clearinghouse Because a lot of his fighters have either lost or been looking terrible The B side oh. has been performing like the A side They must not have gotten out of the showing his true
7: colors He's showing his true colors Um Like when he took all the De La Hoya fighters when he had Danny fighting Salka that whole year, a bunch of shit fights. I mean, this fight, you you got the Larry Rodriguez, you got the Garcia possibly with Pauly. I mean, Angulo coming back in that bullshit fight, Khan fighting Algeria, Guerrero, that guy, he fought. And what about Wilder? I mean, you got the heavyweight champion of the world who already got 30 showcase fucking fights. What are you doing, fighting dude? For you I, I don't even know who the fuck he is. <laughs> but he got 30 showcase fights. He in trouble. I like Wilder, but he in trouble. I mean, you know, you you cannot be be fighting top five heavyweights, top ten heavyweights, and fighting nobodies and then coming back. That's why I give. Alvarez a better chance of beating Cotto because of the level of opposition in the top 10 or top 15 of the 154 division compared to Cotto trying to find somebody that got epilepsy or motherfucking MS or something uh, to get them <laughs> out of catch, mate. Motherfucking- you know,
2: even though okay, well, Sergio Marquina has wilder, had let's one talk, Let's talk Wilder. Um, wait, wait, I Daryl. want to say something about
1: Cotto, though. Sergio yeah. oh, okay, go ahead
2: about Cotto. Deserves, he deserves some credit. Honestly, I think, you know, people uh, shit on that win more than they should because his legs are bad, but his legs have been bad for a while, and he's still been beating these middleweights, okay? I'm going to tell saw, you why you're wrong. He ain't false for know, that fight. Uh, Ryan, fight. Fight, man. He, was, he was he
6: was he he walked in there with a wheelchair. <laughs> he wasn't even he wasn't even walking. He, look,
2: he was look, getting rolled man, in that car, oh, you know. That version of Sergio Martinez I still think is a better fighter than um uh the version of uh Kirkland or and the version of Angulo Gee, that, I, don't uh, <laughs> I, I I agree I don't, with I, don't that. I don't rate I'll those guys at all. Kirkland <laughs> and Gulo, the versions that uh, Canelo fought, <laughs> they were done, okay? They were, mm-hmm. they were done. Not like Sergio. Sergio ain't hot back in the ring since. Sergio ain't hot mean, back it. in the ring since because he was going to retire anyways. Man, look, No, he wasn't. He was, he was trying to come back. He can't come back. He couldn't come
7: back. He was, he was done before he even hopped in the ring. To me, he was more uh, uh, um, done way worse than Kirkland and, uh, and Gulo. I mean, I you know, see how I, back in the ring after a, a certain amount of a layoff, Sergio was done, man. Knees, shoulders, every damn thing.
6: I mean, Kirkland was—he was—he was out of the game for like a year and a half, and not only that, but you could clearly tell that he was punch punch drunk. He was hey, done. Was
7: yeah, he was from the Let me tell you, it's something like when uh, Custom Model had Mike Tyson, and then when uh, Custom Model died. And everybody was power-hungry, ripping Mike in every direction. They couldn't control that animal. And I believe that's the situation with Kirkland. And Wolf knew how to to, uh, take that man's mind, body, and soul and transform it like nobody else could. I honestly believe it would have been a different fight if A.M. Wolf was fighting. I'm not saying he would have beat Canelo, but uh, Canelo would have probably went life and death.
6: uh, I, I, I think it might have been slightly different, but I think Canelo still would have won.
7: Yeah, I, 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 too. I, I
6: actually I actually feel bad when you guys mention Kirkland because he is one of those guys that without boxing, what is he going to be? He's probably going to be a criminal. He's already uh, done time in prison for armed robbery. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I he's, got this, he's I not got a them, good can, enough boxer you to be what, elite.
7: Y'all got to get Canelo credit because Kirkland did hit him with a couple good shots in that fight. I mean, with some serious power punches. Carter Wayne Feltman really no, no, no. No junior middleweight or middleweight punches like Canelo has. You know what I'm saying? I, I know. Get, I, know, I, I, know
2: I, I meant that. So yeah,
7: box, got the movement, but I'm telling you, Canelo gonna go in and do that boy, and it don't make no difference because either both of them get knocked out by Triple G. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not gonna fight yeah. Triple G,
2: so it doesn't matter anyways. I mean,
6: we
1: have to fight yeah, our look, fights, and if he's look, still available, Canelo, then I guess we can do it. That whole
2: energy got out of that balloon. <laughs> People actually think Canelo's going to fight Triple G. It's not going to happen, at least not anytime <laughs> soon. Okay? When, happen... when, when Triple G gets old, all of a sudden he's fighting another bum, you know, his, his regular opponents. And <laughs> first off, <all, laughs> Oscar okay? was Canelo to fight Triple I don't know if this guy was
4: going
3: to fight him. Oscar already said that
4: he wasn't, um, um, Canelo's not going to fight Triple G. He said he was going to wait a couple of years. Let me
7: tell you something. Oscar, a Talia Hardy fucking uh, Canelo walking to the press conference trying to talk about he want to fight for <laughs> <laughs> What the hell happened?
1: I hate you, J. Kate, and you know why I hate you even more? is because I used to be a competitive ice skater, so that, that reference is even funnier yeah, just, to me. Yeah, awesome.
7: letting
1: that boy
2: fight him. You said you're going to do I'll him a Tonya it. Harding Oscar, on the picture of I'm Oscar's just trying try to give damn. Canelo the blueprint, man. Oscar's got to find him first so he can come up with the blueprint. Then he can give it to Canelo. <laughs> That's how Oscar <laughs> rolls. He'll lose what anyway. What do you guys think
1: of Oscar's proposed comeback?
2: I, I, you know what? I Oscar welcome it.
6: Shit. I welcome it. I want to see him get his ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all other Oscar want to
7: Oscar's own, more. <laughs> He's just doing not have to keep going to boy promotions in, in the... In the headlines,
1: because he ain't got no more fucking fighters, really. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, all I have about fighters. What did what what David Lemieux
2: fix his belt up from Hassan Nadam? He's not. He's not. Hassan is going to box the shit out of Lemieux. <laughs> that's a mismatch. I'm sorry. That really is a mismatch. Yeah.
6: And, uh, well, yeah. Hassan. All is, I gotta say about
4: California coming back, cocaine is a hell
7: of a drug. <laughs> <laughs>
6: right
7: about that. <laughs> mm. Oscar awesome. own a lot of back on the gloves, that's all I'm saying.
1: You know, he gotta take he gotta take the company on his back. I think the allure of this LA Fight Club um promotional thing has uh the allure has worn off. If you've noticed, LA Fight Club is here in LA, but you guys haven't seen me at a LA Fight Club card, have you?
6: No. Mm. And I'm a
1: I'm going to tell you why. I am boycotting those L.A. Fight Club cards because they hurt my feelings. When they announced their first card, I applied for media credentials. I've never had a problem with Golden Boy, and they denied my media credential request. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. Now they send mm. me emails asking me to come to their cards. I ain't going to that shit. I'm going to
6: watch
1: them. I'm not doing it. You know, people- about bloggers, but bloggers
2: is what keep club cards like those. Down the bro. Yeah, who, who else? Is
1: exactly.
2: For real though, like because uh, the regular media that doesn't cover boxing, so they're not going to know about those type of events. Bloggers only people who know that you're putting on these bullshit shows.
6: Exactly. So you got to show them some
2: love if if you want to get your your local talent some some you know some exposure.
1: That's right. And the allure of that L.A. Fight Club shit is wearing off because nobody's writing about it. You know, we all get on Twitter and talk about it, but who's really writing some hardcore analysis about an L.A. Fight hold Club on. car? Right,
2: hold on. So all negative. go Twitter to the gym and drive over to the, east Twitter, the gym so. and
1: watch these guys at my leisure. I ain't writing about that. and So I boycott them. I'll tweet about them. I'll watch them. I ain't writing about them. Not doing it. Not on badculture.net. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, can't blame you. Uh, and, I, and you guys know I go to any fight that's in L.A., whether it's a big yeah. fight, a little fight, a club uh, fight. The only kind uh, of fights I haven't been to in L.A. is amateur fights because I'm not in the mix of distribution of when they happen. But if I knew when they were, I'd go to them. But I go to all fight car- but I won't go to that shit. I, I assure you, I ain't going <laughs> Gentlemen, we have three minutes left. Let's see. Uh, this weekend, you already gave a resounding womp to Erislandy-Lar versus Delvin Rodriguez. Delvin Rodriguez, has he even fought since um, Cotto whooped up on him in Miami?
2: I don't think so. Let's check.
1: Let's, let's take a box check, if we can believe,
2: box wreck. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, no, no, he did fight. He fought uh, Joachim Alcine, um, who... Who is also like you know well past his prime and oh yeah that just shot time. his house. yeah wasn't that an ESPN fight I think I
1: think yeah, it might have been no what? yeah yes, they it fought a draw and he barely won that fight no it was oh, a, draw. No, it was a no, draw
2: it was a draw <laughs> he drew without seeing
1: wow yeah. yeah he's Dominican he's Dominican so Cuba versus the oh the island the island versus the island you know one half versus the other so we got the Cuba versus the DR uh, on, yeah, we, Lauren,
6: Lauren needs to stop Playing around He needs to knock This dude out
1: He really does But no, he's going to no. And we're going My, my problem with Erislandy
6: Law Is that he likes To play with his food
1: Yeah You know Yep with... I tell you what I, Speaking of playing With his food I'll tell you what I did like I like those media Pictures that they Sent him. Sent out of him Giving Charlo that work When they were sparring And Charlo getting All in his feelings On Twitter saying At least warn me When you're going To put these pictures Out that I'm in <laughs> Put pictures in But I'm going <laughs> Did you guys catch I this <laughs> see, I, I didn't uh, see, I like see
2: that yet. We got like a I minute thirty I post, seconds
1: left. I, I posted the pictures, but anyway, Charlo since he's training down there with Ronnie Shields was sparring with him, and he's just you know roughing up Charlo like he's like some kid. And Charlo got him. He's looking good in these fighters on Divas to like, together.
2: Uh, hold on, let's let's not slide HBO since we have a minute left. We will mention that they do have a card this weekend. It is the yeah, Nicholas Walters and Miguel Mariaga card, also with Felix Verdejo and Ivan O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like like yeah, It might be like okay. I like,
3: Honestly, it. I like the kid.
2: This could be an entertaining card. I, I think the favorites will win, Walters and Verdejo, but the opponents you know might give them somewhat of a challenge. It's definitely not like a name recognition card, but it is on HBO, so automatically people will watch it.
1: All right, Boricos, Boric, stand up. You know, that might be yep. your next team Trinidad right there. You better stand up for bodejo uh, <laughs> and, and order Can you off. Get your Raging Babe shirt, RagingBabe.com. <laughs> shirt you've been bodejo wearing, RagingBabe.com. Pick up the Puerto Rican Legends shirt. 30 seconds left. Thank you. Mike Money, Drake, K, Daryl. Um, who else on with us? Did I get everybody? Drake, K, Daryl, Mike, yeah, Ryan, Ryan. Meese. Uh, Shelly, uh, show. We'll be back, next, we'll be week back next week with more KB fight action. Support women's boxing. Support that PBC shit if you want. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next, back next week. Take care and good night.
6: I yeah. ain't no joke. I used to let the mic.